Sorry about that. Um, it has been almost a week since I have uh, uploaded and recorded a podcast. I severely apologize for that. Um, that is horribly my bad. I'm not going to lie to you. I got kind of complacent. Complacent, excuse me. I kind of got a little bit lazy. You know, the excuse could be made, well, there's no sports and there's not a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to video games and sports and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, like I, I don't have to make a podcast. I'm like, nope, the best cannot rest. And ladies and gentlemen, I am the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Hold on a minute. Grow some balls, 24. What are you doing? Grow some balls. Say it like, say it with your damn chest. Hey, hey, DJ, drop that track. Drop the track. Turn, turn it up. Turn it up just a little bit. Come on, turn it up. It's like, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. Turn it up. Turn, turn it up just a little bit. Grow some balls, 24. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my podcast, 24th podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Ladies and gentlemen, a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of stuff. Today is technically Tuesday at 1 o'clock in the morning. It's almost 2 o'clock. It's like 1.41 in the morning. I went to sleep. I, f- I finished all of my work today. Finished two days of work in one day. I was a very, very busy 24 on Monday. But I wanted to get back to the podcast. I felt like a quitter. I'm not a quitter. This isn't what 24th podcast is all about. We're not about quitting. We're about finishing strong. No matter what the hell happens in our life. What happens in my life. So here I am back once again. Today, ladies and gentlemen, full packed podcast. I don't really here's the thing. A lot of a lot of stuff that I was gonna talk about has kind of been outdated. Some of it has has still remained relevant, and I want to talk about some other stuff. Information passes very, very quickly, so I don't necessarily like like information can it has, sometimes has an expiration date. Essentially what I'm trying to say. Some of the information is a little bit uh, expired, but don't worry, we'll get to a lot of stuff today. On 24's podcast. Travis Frederick, Dallas Cowboys Center, retiring today, yesterday. Uh, the fucking new Rams uniform that is god awful. We'll talk about that again today. Ladies and gentlemen, much, 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 much more. Right here on 24's podcast. back once again I'm back once again you know a lot of you know I, I I feel sick to my stomach I'm not gonna lie to you there were some podcasts I, I I'm not gonna lie to you I tried to record a podcast right I tried to record I think one on Sunday today's Tuesday and I just hated it I was like oh my god that's such a terrible episode I hated it I was so tired I was starting to fall asleep I had, I had you know I even though I hadn't I hadn't worked on the podcast in a couple of days I had still been doing some stuff for the podcast and for, you know, for, for work as well. A lot of that came to fruition on Monday where I think I just, I woke up, I got to work at like 12 o'clock in the morning and I finished at like seven. Then I passed out, you know, I'm at my house. So I was like, I was working from, you know, literally in my bedroom. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll pass out for a couple of hours, wake up at two o'clock in the afternoon 
And then at 4, I'm back on the grind and I'm done, I think, at like 7 or 8 o'clock. No, it was 9 o'clock. And then I was like, I'm done again. I'm going to pass out. And then I woke up, I think, at like uh, 11 o'clock. So I took a, like a two-hour nap. Point is, I was a very, very, very busy bee. All I got to do is just do a couple more stuff. Really? Even though today, I usually take today off when I'm, you know, when I'm in the heat. When I'm in, when I'm in prime form. Take Tuesdays off. Uh, today, I, I think I will take Tuesday off again. Because it's like I did, I, I literally did today's work yesterday. Boy, does that feel good. To do, do, to, do, to do two days of work in one day. Like, put in somewhere close to 12, 14 hours in the office. At home. But you didn't care about all that stuff. You're probably thinking, well, 24, talk about some sports. Talk about video games. That's what we're here for. Don't worry. I'll get to that. Ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, today, Travis Frederick retired from the NFL. Uh, Travis Frederick being quite possibly one of the best centers in the league. Easily the best center for the Dallas Cowboys Hall of Famer, potentially. Maybe not. Maybe not. It's kind of like with Luke Keekley retiring, I think, earlier this season. He was like, I'm, I'm done um, and now Travis Frederick, again, a, a top-tier talent for the Dallas Cowboys, a top-tier guy. I, I kid you not, I like, uh, what, what, what's his name? Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, and Travis Frederick, uh, I felt like were Hall of Famers. If Travis had played a couple more years, he probably would have been a Hall of Famer. But he cited his autoimmune disease, the, uh, the I, I can't say it, it's GBA or GBD or something, Garian, Gullian, Garian, let me, let me go to his Twitter he posted uh, the actual, the actual thing on Twitter. Let me see it. Uh, Gillian Barr syndrome. He said, "You know, I was doing, I was, I was dealing with that for, uh, for, for a couple of years. Last year and the year before, he was out for two thousand for two thousand eighteen. Excuse me, and then he was, he was playing for two thousand nineteen." And he cited that as one of the reasons why he was retired. Why he retired? I can't blame him. Can't blame him. It's kind of like the same reason why I, I couldn't blame uh, Luke Keekley for retiring as well. You know, these are guys that are top tier guys, and they're kind of like, you know what? I have a family. I have kids. I have a wife. You know, I love football, but at the same token, I wanted. I want to. And I'll read you exactly what Travis Kelsey, uh, not Travis Kelsey, Travis Frederick, excuse me, said. Football is risky. Each day, players go to work knowing this could be their last day playing. Facing the potential end of my career because of my illness forced me to imagine life after football. I had to prepare for my career potentially ending. Some players fear life when it no longer revolves around football. The moment one stops playing the sport to which one's identity and dreams have been tied to for 20 years. After months of contemplation, I not only accepted that moment, but I also surprisingly found myself welcoming the moment. I was ready for the next stage of my life. However, the competitor in me would not accept me going out without returning to the field. I made my return to the field, played well overall, and was selected to the Pro Bowl, but it was a difficult year for me. Each day I faced a struggle. I could no longer perform at my highest level. Playing well, he puts that in quotes, is not what I expect of myself and is not what my teammates deserve. Because of this, I know my days as a football player are done. I am proud of what I have accomplished in my career and I walk away with my head held high. I am so thankful for the last seven years. However, I look forward to the next chapter of my life. Kaylee and I will continue. Kaylee is his wife. 
and I will continue to make a positive impact on the Dallas community, which has given us so much. Best of luck to the 2020 Dallas Cowboys and the franchise in the future. Sincerely, Travis Frederick. Can't blame him. It's sad to see him go, but if this is what, you know, I, I always talk about football players in this light, and I always compare them to gladiators and like the Roman Coliseum and how, you know, guys are risking their bodies, their minds, their lives for our entertainment. And I don't take that lightly. I, I mean that literally. I don't be like, oh man, like, look at how better I am because I, I you know, I'm not playing football and other guys are risking their body. I, I take it very, very seriously. So if a guy is like, I'm out, I'm done, and he has had a career like Travis Frederick or he's had a career like Luke Keekley. All power to him. It's like I'm I'm happy for him, whatever he does. Either way, I was I was gonna be happy for him if he played this year. I was gonna be happy for him if he retired this year. Even though I didn't know he was gonna retire. I was like, all right, you know, when I when I heard that, I was like, no, that can't be true. Then I read his quote and I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. He deserves it. He deserves everything positive that's going to come his way. Because again, Playing with the autoimmune disorder that he had. I can't pronounce it. I can't even fathom it. And you know what? This kind of reminds me of the Andrew Luck situation. Where Andrew Luck, very, very intelligent guy. He was like, listen, I know what I have. I know I have a family. I know I have a wife. I know, like, my, my life has changed. And in this, this, uh, this kind of, I, I don't even want to say press release, re- release, excuse me. It's kind of like a retirement speech in some ways. But in this speech, in this letter... He talks about, you know, how he had gotten into the league at 22 years old and how, you know, so much of stuff had changed from, you know, him being kind of a single dude to now having a wife and two kids. It's like you can't really blame him, excuse me, for, uh, you know, for being like, you know what, I want to take care of my family. I want to be there for my family and I want to, you know, I want to, I want to retire. He's a smart guy. I listened to him um, talk, talk on a podcast. I forgot with who. I remember him talking on a podcast with someone. It was with Zach Martin. It was, I think, the Monday, the Monday or Tuesday before a game. And you know, he was he was very very articulate. He was very very intelligent as well. Zach Martin, he was kind of quiet, but Travis Frederick, you know, I could tell he was you know he was he was kind of a, a you know he he, he kind of liked to show off just a little bit. He was pretty smart. He was a pretty intelligent guy. But with him specifically, I was like, you know what? This is what he wants. This is what he wants. I, I cannot be mad at him as a Dallas Cowboy fan. I can only congratulate him on a successful career, on a great career, one of the best careers of a Dallas Cowboys center, and that is saying something. That is saying a lot. I only wish that he had won a Super Bowl with the team, um, but, you know, everybody wishes you know that for themselves, but, you know, you, you kind of have to settle. Not everybody can win a Super Bowl. They only hand out... 50-something, they've only handed out 50-something trophies in the last 50-something years, so can't win them all. Now, off of Travis Frederick, because obviously the Dallas Cowboys are missing a center. What can the Dallas Cowboys do? Well, they have a lot of different options at center, and the more this offseason has gone on, the more I have really, really enjoyed this offseason. Obviously, Travis Frederick retiring sucks, but... I think there's enough, I think weirdly enough, Dallas kind of prepared for this uh, years in advance. First and foremost, they have a guy named uh, Connor Williams. He's the right, he's not the right guard, he's the left guard currently. He could play center for you. 
You obviously have Joe Looney, who was the center for the Dallas Cowboys back in that 2018 season where they went 10-6. and six. I thought he did a pretty good job. He was not Travis Frederick, but I was like, okay, you know, he, he could, you know, depending on if they want to use him or not, he is signed on with the team again. But it's like, he could probably come in and play for the team. I really, really like uh, Joe Looney as a football player. I thought potentially he may have left because of how good of a job he did whenever he filled in. But uh, no, he's, he's staying on the football team. I was like, all right, great. Finally, probably one of the bigger realities of the situation, Connor uh, McGovern, the third-round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys in the 2019 draft, he will probably be a strong candidate for center for the Dallas Cowboys because he's played that position. I think uh, in, I think he played it for a year, his sophomore year in college, and then in his senior year, he played it for one for one game. He's played center. And you can learn the position, but it's not necessarily something that you would like to learn. You know, it's not necessarily something that you would want to put on a guy who who that's not his position that he plays. But for me personally, Dallas has a lot of options. They don't really have any options when it comes to uh to uh to freaking to uh to like free agency and the draft. It's a terrible draft class for centers. But they got a lot of in-house names that you can use on the football team. And I'm watching Travis Frederick, man. Oh, man, this brings back memories. I'm watching, you know, some of the pictures that he put up. You know, him You know, him, you know, know, him on the football field with the guys. Dak Prescott, Zach Martin, Connor Williams. Dak Prescott behind Travis. Travis directing the traffic on the football team. Oh, man. I already miss him. I already miss him. But, you know, all the best of Travis Frederick. All the best. You know, it's like seeing someone graduating from college and going on to like a, a Fortune 500 company, or or better yet, like like no 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 that's not it that's not it. Seeing seeing somebody work so hard for the life that they want to build, and then being able to build it, and then being able to like live off the fruits of their labor. You know, you see a guy work for ten years, and you know, in that ten year span, you know, he 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 makes a lot of great relations, or not great relationships. He he meets a lot of great people. He forms great bonds with people. Then he goes on, and he he's a good person. You want the best for him. He works hard. He deserves it. Then you see him finally get exactly what he deserves in a positive way. You finally get to see the that that the life that he wants to live, he gets it. And he says, you know what? You know what? This life that I've created, even though it's not the life that, that, even even though that him not being a Dallas Cowboy, it 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 kind of sucks. Not kind of, it really sucks. It's it's sad to see him go, but you know, it's the exact same situation that I felt with Luke Keekley and and Andrew Luck when they retired. Except even more because I'm you know I like he's one of my guys. He's one of my players. So happy for Travis Frederick. I'm so happy for him. I can't I can't wait to see what he does next. I cannot wait. I like I can't wait to see what Travis Frederick does next. Just it's just sad to see him go. Just sad to see him go. Not just because he was a great football player, but also because he was he was a great dude. Oh man. But moving moving off of Travis Frederick and you know, the, the center position for the Dallas Cowboys, because they got options. They got options. What options will they use? 
What options will they will they deploy? I don't really know, but they do have the options if they want to. They do have Joe Looney, Connor McGovern, Connor Williams. They do have the options, and they could potentially get a guy next year in the draft. But you you if you're Dallas, you gotta start getting guys going right now. You gotta start getting some of these some of these situations uh, like with Dak Prescott and with the offensive line and you got to now you now got to put in a new offensive scheme and a new offensive system Dallas is going to be busy this offseason and, and mark my word circle this date maybe around midseason I think we'll start to see the Dallas that I think we should have uh, seen at the beginning of the season we'll we'll see we'll see but I'm like with the coronavirus with all this other stuff um, taking place, it's kind of like, it's kind of it, it. It really, it really is starting to hinder some of these teams' uh, ability to prepare for the season. Obviously, there is more important things in football in this time. But you know, I mean, when you're in the business of talking about football and playing football, like I am, not playing football but talking about it, you know, you gotta, you kind of got to start thinking about some of this stuff critically. Speaking of thinking things through critically, what the fuck is the Chargers, or not even the the Chargers, the fucking disgusting Rams new logo? There, I I implore you, implore you to look up this godforsaken logo. What the fuck did they do to the Rams logo? Let me let me type in the Rams new logo. It is so god awful. It looks like first and foremost, it looks like the Chargers logo, right? It has similar colorways. It has uh, the similar scheme of, of, of like uh, kind of a, 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 not a clear blue, but a um, a very, very light blue with kind of a, a, a charger yellow. Like, I'm like, that, that you, you look like the fucking LA Chargers. And then on top of that, they got rid of the Ram horn, right? It's kind of it, like, it's like somebody photoshopped a, a croissant onto the new logo. I'm like, yeah, it, it looks bad, man. I loved the old Ram logo. I was like, oh yeah, that that looks cool. They don't even have a fucking Ram on the on the new logo. That's the dumb thing. Like the LA in Los Angeles Chargers, the A f- uh, forms like like the 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 Ram horn, I guess. But the Ram that they have for like the new logo of the Ram, it sucks. It's not less detailed. It doesn't have a face. It looks dumb. Who the fuck? Designed this god awful logo. Holy shit, man! I can't like. Oh my god! And then, and then on top of that, they're showing me the uh, like. I'm looking at the old Los Angeles Chargers logo, not Los Angeles Rams. The old Los Angeles Chargers logo. You know, the LA with the lightning bolt in it. That dumb because because the Chargers are apparently the Bolts. They call their fans Bolts. Like let's go Bolts. The like I I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a dumb name. It's a dumb the Bolt thing. That's stupid. But with the Chargers, they were supposed to have L A and the L had a bolt through the A, and that would have been the whole like like the new the new L A Charger logo, which would have been a dumbass logo, just like the L A Rams new logo. So they botched that entire logo, and they were like, fuck that, we're gonna stick with the old one. And um, now, like, what what are they supposed to put on their fucking helmets? Like, 
the cool thing about the Rams helmets that I thought was so fucking dope was that it had a Rams, it had like a Ram horn on the side of the helmet. I was like, whoa, that's really, really cool. And now they're not going to have the ram horn on it. Like when Todd Gurley, for example, was running with, uh, like uh, he was the running back, obviously for the LA, uh, for the LA Rams. But when he was running with that fucking dope ass logo on it, he looked kind of like a ram. I was like, that that actually looks cool. Then they got fucking rid of it. Let me, maybe not, but let me see. Let me see the Rams, the Rams' new logo on the helmet. I don't think they debu- they debuted, excuse me, the helmet. But I'm like, the helmet is not going to look as cool as it once did. Some weird reason my inner key is not working. Sorry about that. So I just realized my keyboard is right next to my freaking microphone. Let me see it. I I guess it's going to look like one of the older colorways. Because, I mean, the colorways are pretty much similar, but now, that like, instead of being, like, blue and white, they're now going to be yellow and blue. So, they're going to have those yellow and blue uniforms, which is, I guess, I mean, I guess they changed, excuse me, their uniforms and stuff like that. Like, their uniform colors from the white and blue to now the yellow and blue. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. They, they just used their alternate colorways with those god-awful uniforms. Let me try and find it on YouTube. The uniform reveal. That's... What were they thinking, man? What the fuck were they thinking? And it's to go along with the new stadium, obviously, and things of that nature. Hold on, let me let me pull it up. Holy shit! And the, and the thing is, is that the new Rams uniform, the not uniform, excuse me, the logo was revealed a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "There's no fucking way that that's the new uniform. There's no way. There's no way." I saw it on the Pat McAfee show. I was like, there's no way that's the new uniform. They're like, have, why can't people hire real artists? You know? Like an actual artist to get inspired. Who designs these fucking logos? Like, oh, we, we don't want the Ram anymore to be in the logo. We want this god-awful fucking piece of shit logo. I don't get it. Maybe I shouldn't say piece of shit. Maybe they actually did hire an artist. I don't know. It just looks so terrible. Like if I was a fan of that low fan of the Rams now, I would just like, I would just, I would just hide. I would hide now. Hold on, let me let me play Pat McAfee talking about the uh, the new Rams logo. Hold on. Was Robinson? I think he works for Yahoo, which is an actual company. Said that this logo is a new logo that the Los Angeles Rams are debuting. I don't think it's their main logo. Probably a secondary logo. And anytime you make that decision, there's. It's it's their main logo. Just for clarity, it's it's terrible. It's bad. It is their main logo. Obviously, going to be met with some pessimism, uh, possibly. This logo, if you look at it very quickly, looks like it could potentially be a Chargers logo because the L.A., the C with the yellow in there. And now, I'm not saying that looks like a lightning bolt, but it definitely looks like Los Angeles Chargers logo more than it looks like a Rams logo if you look at the animal with the tusks. This was a fail, and that hat looks like it's at a gas station. The fact that this is how they debuted the logo is a mistake in of itself. Are the Los Angeles Rams dumb?
bed. The Chargers are looking for something to sell some tickets. The Rams stunk last year. Is Todd Gurley going to resort back to the form that he was a couple years ago? Can Jared Goff throw some completions again? Will the Rams ever be good? I hope so. Will this logo ever be good? Never! This was a <laughs> fail on all accounts by the Los Angeles Rams. And also this weekend, was it the best weekend ever? I think so. You know why? And if you disagree with me, you're a sexist. It was International Women's Day uh, just yesterday. Mm-hmm. And in my life, my... All right. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, we'll kind of move on because he's going to... He's gonna. It, it, it was the International Women's Week, stuff like that. All right. Went on YouTube. I saw... Apparently the LA Rams they they have a, a fucking new logo. Let me see this man. They, w- what are they doing with the team, man? Holy shit! Holy shit, man! You cannot tell me that that is a new fucking logo. That that's the new logo. I want to see if it's. It, I, I want to see what it looks like on the helmet. I don't think. He, interestingly enough, I don't think it will probably change what it looks like on the helmet. Now that I think about it, I think they just changed the colorways. They changed the logo. The, the new Ram, the actual like animal. And not the ram horn, uh, but the new animal. It, it just looks terrible. It just looks terrible. Hold on, let me let me play you. It's a five minute video. I don't know how much we'll we'll watch of it, but uh, wow, holy shit, man! This is oh my god, that is their main. Lo- oh my god, why did they do that? We'll 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 see how much we'll watch. Hold on, we'll play it. Rams fans. On and off the field, our organization—sorry, let me turn it down just a little bit. Organization is about bringing you joy, positivity, and unity. But in these difficult times, when we can't be together, our focus changes to one of hope, inspiration, and positivity. We were planning to do a large public launch this past Saturday night to coincide with the start of the zodiac sign Aries, the month of the Ram. It was going to be a grand celebration throughout all of Los Angeles. Today, view our new marks. First and foremost, nobody in nobody in LA watches the Rams. They can't put butts in seats. You go on the street, you ask people who the Rams are. They're gonna be like like the animal. Like, why are you talking about Rams in LA? We have more mountain lions than we do Rams. What what do you LA Rams? What are they all about? Nobody knows what the Rams are all about. I don't like again with the NFL moving teams and things of that nature. Like, know your markets, know your cities, please and thank you. Like, nobody in L.A. is going to watch football games unless they're football fans. Like, you're not going to get the, the people surf. I'm not going to lie to you. If you ask me, 24, would you rather go see an L.A. Rams game or go surfing in that, that beautiful city of Los Angeles? I'm going to be like, dude, I want to go surfing. I don't want to go see a football game for three hours and sit there in the hot sun with the sun beaming down on my face for three hours. I want to go watch the damn football. I want to I go surfing. I don't want to. And better yet, I'll watch the damn football game at my house after I'm surfing or at my apartment logos and colors but that just wasn't possible in today's times and instead as an organization we have followed sean mcveigh's lead and called an audible to make sure that we use this moment of launching our new brand identity to help those most in need now we launch these colors and logos today ahead of our partnership with abc7 tomorrow to launch a telethon to help those angelinos most in need before we turn the page to tomorrow we wanted to make sure all Rams fans and Angelinos could see our new marks. And what what's what's an Angelino? Los Angeles? Like, I is that is that what they say for being from L.A.? Angelino? They don't say that. 
Do they seriously say that? Let me look that up. There's no way that they say that. That sounds like they're like Angelina Jolie's kid or something like that. Angelinos. What is that? No, that's not a thing. Why do they say... Los Angeles... I mean, it's Wikipedia Los Angeles for a resident of Los Angeles. Don't people just say, I'm from L.A.? I don't, I don't know. I've never heard anyone from L.A. be like, I'm an Angelino. They're just like, no, I'm from L.A. What part of L.A.? Uh, I don't know any... I only know Compton. That's it. I'm not from L.A. I'm from Texas, right? Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything about California or L.A. Or LA. Let's just continue forward. Especially our new colors, which represent the vibrant, sunny optimism of Southern California life. While that may be on hold right now, our hope is through tomorrow, through helping Angelinos come together to support those in need. Those colors, these logos, will serve as a bright reminder that there is a sunny future ahead for all of Southern California. Over the past few years, we have listened to you. At training camp practices, at tailgates... No, you you haven't. You wouldn't have moved the team out of St. Louis to Los Angeles. No, you didn't. They're like, we, we listen to fans... Except when they told us not to move the team from St. Louis to Los Angeles. That's when we didn't, that's when we, that's the only time that we didn't listen to the team, to the fans. The, every other time, that's when we listen. Oh, wait, oh, wait, and we released Todd Gurley. We probably shouldn't have done that either. Coliseum and in focus groups. About your memories of the Rams. About your passion for our heritage. We have studied every look of the Los Angeles Rams over our history. The blues, the yellows, the whites, the helmets, and the ram horns for inspiration. Foremost, sorry. First and foremost, they're showing they're showing all of the Rams. Let me mute this. They're showing all of the Rams uh, uh, logos right throughout history, and the Rams. Some of the Ram logos of old are pretty cool, like 1951, 1970. So the 1983 one, yeah, the 1983 one was just a fucking, like, a helmet. Like, that's dumb. Some of these logos in the 80s are really, really dumb. Especially because they had a rebrand, like, three times in the 80s. They had the 83 Rams with the dumb helmet. Then they had the 84 Rams with, with just literally the LA Rams, and that's it. That was a terrible rebranding. Then they had another rebranding in 1989 where they went back to the stupid Ram helmet. And then in 2000, they finally got it right with the Rams logo that I knew for like 17 years. And then they went and then they updated it in 2017. And I think that's the best logo or one of the best logos in the freaking franchise. And now they're going with something dumb. They'll probably have to rebrand it again in the next couple of years. We want to take you through our new rebranding before we have to rebrand the same brand again. For inspiration. Our goal is to weave together this history into a new modern look for the Los Angeles Rams, respecting our past and representing our future. Two plus years in the making. They, they say, not say, but they faded to black like, ooh, we're going to show you something awesome. We're going to show you something cool. Fade to black. Two plus years in the making. Really? It took you two years to make a literal ripoff of the Chargers uniform, or not uniform, but logo? I feel like the Chargers should be like, that's not, no, that's our logo. You you ripped us off. 
you know what? That's our logo. You're going to have to give us that. Like, literally, their team colors are almost the exact same. Oh, my God. The Chargers should sue the the Rams for stealing their own IP. Faded to black, now they're going to play something. Here we go. This is definitely the largest scale project that I've personally been engaged with on multiple fronts. Uniform design and the identity. Never have we sort of joined all of them together into one cohesive, comprehensive project, like we have for the first time, to the LA Rams. The process for doing a rebrand is very extensive, especially when the ask is it's all open. We're open for any kind of change here. Yes, we have a really great, iconic history being here in Los Angeles, but it's all on the table. We want to look at everything, and that was certainly the case here with the Rams. And I'm at a SoFast Stadium, checking it out. Looking good, turn it out good. Can't wait to play here. To open a new stadium, we're working on a new identity. We have the opportunity to work on new uniforms and do it with some world-class professionals that have been around all facets of the sports and entertainment industry. It was an opportunity that doesn't come by often. When we first had it complete and I was ready to send it off to the NFL, I thought, this is it. I mean, I didn't even think I was going to have to go back for another iteration because, I mean, it looked that great. I glance back at it every week, and not once yet have I said to myself, like, man, if you only would have this... It just feels like we did it right. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Oh my god. I like remember how one of the guys was like, you know what? The 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 new logo was so good. It was so awesome. I felt like I I I felt like we didn't need to iterate on it. And I was just waiting. I was like, that can't that seriously cannot be the logo that's that's going to be the new logo. That seriously cannot be the new logo. I, I like I cuz it's so bad that I'm like, you guys are a multi-billion dollar organization. Multi-billion dollar industry. Pro sports with the NFL, that's the best that you could come up with. You couldn't hire an artist for like a thousand dollars, which for everybody else is a is, is a lot of money. But we're talking the NFL; that's pennies on the dime. I'm like, you guys couldn't hire an actual fucking graphic artist. They probably did, but not a good one. I don't know. I shouldn't say that because I don't know who who designed the logo. But somebody who actually has like. Experience designing cool logos. You guys could have taken this shit to a whole nother fucking level, and instead, we got a Chargers off-brand ripoff. Guy throws the hat away. He's like, "Yay, we get we get to have the new shittier logo." He's smiling. He's like, "I'm so happy to have." By the way, they didn't show the uh, the the new uniforms. They didn't show what the helmets are gonna look like at all whatsoever. Like, what, what, like what, what's what's going on here? And they're like, we wanted to call back to the 1970s or the 1950s with the with the Ram logo. But the issue with the 70s logo, I'm looking at it right now because they showed they showed off the logo. It was highly, it was way more detailed. Like literally, the the new logo looks like an unfinished sketch of what would be potentially a finished product. It's like 
This is just a shitty design. I would not wear this if I was a Rams fan. I would just be like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy one of the old jerseys and wear that shit. I guarantee you they're gonna do another rebrand in the next couple of years because of how shitty this logo looks. Holy shit, that looks terrible. Oh my god, and they sh- and they showed me the new logo at the end of the fucking the fucking uh, video. Oh my god, that's terrible. The two new logos. Oh god, that is god awful. Oh my god. Why would you do that? Why? Why would you do that? That sucks so much fucking balls. And you're going to put that... Like, are they going to put that on, on the center of their stadium? On their center of the field when they play in that elite... Uh, in their new stadium next year? Speaking of which... Playing in the new stadium next year. Uh, one player that won't be playing in the new stadium next year is Todd Gurley. He will not be playing in that new stadium. He will be playing in Atlanta... With the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons, they released Devontae Freeman. Uh, I think it was last week. I think tr- uh, somebody was trying to, not somebody, but they were trying to trade him away. They couldn't find any suitors, so they were like, gotta go. Cut his ass. Now he is, uh, I, I don't know where the fuck he is. But, they did pick up a uh, a, a great player in Todd Gurley. Now, whether or not he's going to be healthy or not, I don't know. Probably not, because he has arthritis in his left knee, but he's still a great player. He's still a fantastic player. Now, with Todd Gurley leaving the Rams, where does that leave the Rams? Um, Pretty much, it it leaves the Rams in a very, very horrible situation, because you have, like, your entire offense was predicated off of Jared Goff. Not Jared Goff, excuse me, Todd Gurley. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean that they are a rushing team like the Dallas Cowboys? No, they are not because Sean McVay is actually a pretty damn good head coach. What they are when it comes to, you know, to their offensive philosophy is a team that's going to adapt, right? So, for example, it makes no sense to try and pass the football when running the football works so damn well, especially when your passing game isn't as efficient and as effective as your run game. Now, when it comes to Jared Goff, Jared Goff, Make no mistake about it. He has a top-tier flight of wide receivers. He has Brandon Cooks. He has Cooper Cup. He has Reynolds. I think his name is Robert Reynolds. They're all starters, and they could all potentially be number ones on uh, on certain teams within the league. At least Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks could be number ones on a lot of teams. Look at Brandon Cooks. I think he has six years in the league where he has 1,000 yards. Let me make sure I'm not tripping on that. I have his numbers somewhere. Where are his numbers? Here are his numbers. Got his numbers right here. Brandon Cooks, how many seasons? One, two, three, four seasons, excuse me, out of six years where he had 1,000 yards. Four out of six. That is fantastic. He has had diminishing returns since leaving Drew Brees and Tom Brady, and he has gone to Jared Goff. Don't think it's his fault that he's had diminishing returns, and the Rams, they're probably looking to move off of him because they, they're like, well, he's he's a bad he's a bad football player or he's not as great as he was, even though he's only 26 years old, by the way, entering his prime or about to enter his prime. They're like, well, he's not very good. He only had 42 receptions, 583 yards. That is Jared Goff's fault. That is 1,000% Jared Goff's fault. Now, when it comes to the Rams... When it comes to them moving off of Todd Gurley and having all these wide receivers, they also have Higby, a pretty good tight end. Jared Goff is going to 
Jared Goff is going to, I don't want to say prove himself, but he's going to show everybody who he is. Jared Goff really, really fell under the fucking radar this season because of Dak Prescott and how much heat Dak Prescott was taking and how great Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes were and stuff like that. Like, Jared Goff should have gotten a lot more flack than what he did, uh, than, than, how, than, than what he should have gotten this year. Brandon Cooks only had two touchdowns. He's one of the best deep threats on the field. There's not a, there, like, there's no, maybe besides the uh, the 49ers, there's no team in that division that can challenge the Rams, ever, ever. They have Aaron Donald, they had Marcus Peters for, 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 uh, for, for a part of the season, but then they traded up and got Jalen Ramsey, and they still sucked. Not really, they were still a good team, but. Like, them sucking is them not making the playoffs. Most teams sucking is them going 3-13. and 13. Let me tell you something, man. Brandon Cooks, 16.6 yards per uh, per catch, 1,000 yards, 65 receptions, 7 touchdowns with the Patriots, with, obviously, the GOAT Tom Brady, one of his best and most efficient seasons ever. I remember at the time, everybody was like, oh my god, Bill Belichick, he won the trade with Brandon Cooks because he went, he got a higher draft pick for Brandon Cooks. It's like, oh my god, he only moved up like six slots in the draft. Yeah, he got a way better draft pick, or or they ended up winning that deal. By the way, the, the guy that they that they used for that first round draft pick that they got uh, when they traded Brandon Cooks to the, to the Rams, I think it was Isaiah Wynn or something, or I, I don't know, I think his name is Isaiah Wynn. He's only started in like maybe five or six games in the season. He's been, not in the season, in his career. He's been hurt for the majority of his career, and he's only played, I think, in one season, or he was pretty much only eligible to play in one season. Only has like a couple of starts in his career. That's who they got for Brandon Cooks. Meanwhile, Tom Brady is gone. You got guys in New England fighting for that quarterback position. We'll talk about it in a second. Rams are going to stink. It may get Sean McVay some heat because I think that Kyler Murray is going to come up. I think Seattle is still going to be good. I think the 49ers, depending on what they do in the draft, and I'll talk about, let me write that down. Let me write down what they could potentially do in the draft because this could be kind of cute. So I get my pen and pad. Had this exact thought a couple of days ago. Hold on. Had this thought a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Man, like, wouldn't that?" I'm like, "Wouldn't that be an interesting thing for the 49ers to do in the draft?" I'll, I'll talk about it here in a couple of minutes. But man, when you look at Brandon Cooks and the weapons that that Jared Goff has, there's no reason why he shouldn't have won more football games last season. No reason whatsoever. Besides the fact, fact, excuse me, that he's not as good as people think he is, and that he probably should not have gotten the thirty-plus million dollar extension that he got in two thousand nineteen, shouldn't have gotten it. Period. End of story. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, what a great deal for Jared Goff! Great job by the Rams extending him." I'm like, he was a season out. He was unproven. Did you see, did you watch the Super Bowl? Did you watch the playoffs? It's easy to have rose tinted glasses when you're you know uh, when you're in the league. You got to be cold and callous. Sometimes, you can't, other times it doesn't pay to be cold and callous. Ask Bill Belichick how that's going to work out for him next season. 
Ask Matt Patricia how that's going to work out for him next season. Ask Bill O'Brien how that's going to work out for him next season. Sometimes it pays to be cold. Other times it pays to be passionate. But you can't be an extreme of either one. Cannot pay a guy who has a terrible second half of his season, goes to the playoffs, and not recognize that it was your run game that got him there. Look at what happened when you took away his run game. He stunk. Some people are going to say, well, 24. Dak Prescott stunk when he when he when you took away the uh, the run game. No, it did not. No, he did not. They lost games, but that was not on Dak Prescott. You're leaving out key things. You're leaving out key context to that situation. The situation that had happened for Dak Prescott was their offense did not compensate for their running game sucking. The Rams compensated for Jared Goff sucking. That's the difference. The difference is, is that Dak was helping the team. The difference is, with the Rams, Goff was hindering the team. So they were like, well, we got to bring out Todd Gurley now because Goff isn't winning us any football games. They designed the entire offense around Jared Goff. They give him weapons. They give him Brandon Cooks. Again, I mean, I don't even need to mention his weapons. Give him a lot of weapons. Have one of the smartest head coaches in the league when it comes to offense. Has one of the best running backs in the league when it comes to Todd Gurley. Then look at him. That is probably a quarterback's wet dream to play for Sean McVay. And he sucked. Jared Goff's going to have some issues. The Rams are going to have some issues. Chargers are going to have some issues. The uh, like, like I, I get that Anthony Lynn did not want to get Tom Brady. I don't know why. Maybe, he, maybe he wanted to get. Maybe I mean he apparently wants to stick with Tyrod Taylor. But it's like, man, these two teams. In fact, these three teams: the Rams, the Chargers, the Raiders. Man, they had nobody. There is no reason why I would watch any of those teams play next year. There's no reason whatsoever. Let me write down another name. Just thought of it. Thought about the Raiders. Kind of a foreshadowing of one of the guys that I'm about to talk about. Anyways. But none of these teams that are moving into these new stadiums that are getting quote-unquote rebrandings or rebrands or whatever they're called... Like none of these teams, I have no, I have no interest in watching these teams. I would rather watch Seattle or the Cardinals over the Rams. Like that's, that's, that's just the fucking reality of the situation. Is my keyboard dead? Yeah, I gotta charge my computer and my my keyboard, my Bluetooth keyboard. It keeps on running out of battery because I don't fully charge it. I gotta take some time out to charge it fully. I'm like, why would I want to watch the Rams? Why would I want to watch the Chargers without Philip Rivers? Like, Jesus Christ, man! I don't, I don't, see, I don't, I don't, I don't understand these teams. They had three years, three years, to move into these new, uh, these new stadiums: the Chargers, the Rams, and obviously the uh, the Raiders. Three years, wasted it, gone down the crapper, and we realized just how ridiculous and how dysfunctional some of these football franchises are. Just how dysfunctional some some of these teams are. Three years. Did absolutely nothing. 
Now they're going to go into these new stadiums with shitty logos, shitty agendas, not a whole lot there. Speaking of shitty logos and shitty agendas, let me talk about Darius Slate to the Eagles. <laughs> that tied perfectly in shitty logos. The Eagles, they have one of the worst logos in the fucking NFL. That terrible cartoonish eagle. Eagle. You would think that it would be more of a real... Like, like the cool thing about the Rams is that... Like, a Ram isn't necessarily scary. You know, it's not, it's not intimidating. But, you know, the Ram cartoonish look of the Ram, it looks cool, right? The Eagles logo. Holy shit. It looks so terrible. It's like, why wouldn't you go for... I, I liked, I think, the 80s version of the Eagles, right? Where it had kind of like a realistic look to, uh, for the Eagles. Let me uh, let me look up the 80s. I think it was the 80s logo. Where it had more... Yeah, that's fucking cool. Want to know why the 80s... Look up the, the 80s Eagles, Eagles logo. The reason why the 80s eagle eagle logo, excuse me, is fucking cool is that because it looks like a fucking eagle. I can't even tell what the fuck that is on the center of the field in Philadelphia when they play it. And the helmets were cool, man. Oh my gosh, the 87 logo was so cool. The 1996 logo where they rebranded, it looks so fucking terrible, man. Oh my god, like out of all the logos in the NFL, that logo is it's got it's got to be top 10 for one of the worst. But the Eagles they got Darius Slay. They got a great player in Darius Slay, even though they have a shitty logo. But interestingly enough, Darius Slay had a lot to say about uh Matty Matt Patricia, his former head coach, about how how and why he moved off of the uh the not the Eagles, the fucking the fucking what are they called? What are they? The fucking... You, you know what they're called. The fucking... Uh, the, the Lions. Here's Skip Bayless talking about it on Undisputed a couple of days ago. Got out unloaded on his ex-head coach, Matt Patricia. Slay said the first time they met that he had just come from a workout with Richard Sherman and Aqib Tlaib and Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And that in that first meeting, Patricia just flat out told him, you're, you're not elite. You're not as good as those three guys you were just working out with. Then after a training camp practice that same year, this mm-hmm. is their first year together two years ago. And by, by the way, Slay had just made – His second Pro Bowl. His sec, but th- this is after they're going into their first year. He was year. all pro that season, he too. He was all pro, and he had led the league in interceptions, but he was not elite. Right. So after a training camp practice – Slay posted a social media picture of an unnamed receiver for the Lions who had gotten the best of him in that camp practice, and he was congratulating right. him in the picture. You won you, that You one. got the best of yep. me. You know that feeling. Yep. Yep. Didn't happen to you often, but every once in a while you'd yeah. say, okay, you got me, bro, yeah. right? That night in the team meeting, Patricia shamed Darius Slay in front of the team by putting the picture up and in saying you cannot kiss up to somebody who got the best of you, except he may he used a much more profane analogy. Right. Was he out of bounds in both instances? Well, as a, as a coach, Skip, one of the things that you must understand is that you're going to be dealing with 53 guys from 53 different backgrounds, socioeconomics, uh, race, religious, mm-hmm. all, all that stuff. And so the, the thing that the really good coaches, they know how to get through to each individual guy. You treat them all. The, you treat them all fair, but you don't treat them all the same. We understand that, Skip. I give you a story. When Mike first got back, Mike, I had a meeting with Mike Shannon. Mike Shannon. Yep. He called me and he said, Shannon, he says, uh, you're the best 
receiving tight end in football. He says, but I'm going to need more of you. I'm going to need more out of you in the blocking game. He says, now, Shannon, if you can't give me that, I'm going to have to move on without you. Yep. I get that. I said, Mike, I'm the best tight end in football. Okay, you say receiving. I said, I'm the best tight end. I'll give you that. It was, it's all about approach, Skip. You, you don't go up and the first time you meet somebody, you tell them what they're not. The thing that a coach does is that he builds you up from within. Yep. So even if you don't, if he doesn't think you're that good, mm-hmm. he plays to your, he plays to yep. your, Skip, when you play professional sports, you believe you're damn good. You don't get to the level that we're at in the NFL without being good. You were a good high school player. You were a good college player. And to come into this league and become an all pro and become a pro bowl player, you're pretty good. So you build on that. Look, congratulations for working out with those guys. Hey, that's great. Greatness around greatness. But I believe, uh, Darius, you can be even better. I believe you're better than those okay, guys. That would because work. here are some of the things that in my years of working around DBs, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Belichick, this is some of the things where I can see I can help you get better. Why would you go there and immediately try to tear the guy down? Because, see, that's an ego trip. That's, that, that's an ego trip, Skip. That's, that's my thing. It's my show now. Now, this is, this, this is the same Matt Patricia that over the last two years has kept his job and has as many wins as Caldwell, Jim Caldwell had this last year that he got fired for. True. He's won nine games in two years. Jim Caldwell got fired for going nine and seven. A year before, he made the playoffs. Mm. Skip, that, that's what guys don't understand. Guys don't do not care what you did in New England. Can you help me get better? By beating me down is not helping me get better. It's going to make me despise you and tune you out and not listen to anything you have to say. But he's lucky because a lot of guys, Skip, would have stepped to him and said, bro, from moving forward, you have the D.C. or you have my position coach address me. Therefore, it don't become physical. True. That's the way you have because I don't know where these guys think they can come and just talk to that's a main skip at the end of the day. My grandfather told my brother, I'm a turtle you, skip. He said, boy, no matter where you go in life, he said, I'm sending you out to be a man. Mm-hmm. And when you leave wherever you are, you still a man. Don't you let nobody take that from you. Awesome stuff. Um, skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp. I was fucking around with some of the stuff. Like my, my keyboard was running out of battery. So I plugged it in and I had to fucking like unplug my microphone. It's, it's a hassle. Man, what is going on with Patriot officials? What is going on with Patriot coaches in general? I don't know. Actually, I do know. I'll tell you in a couple of seconds. But that's a player's perspective. That's a media guy's perspective. uh, Not Shannon, but Skip Bayless. And a player's perspective. I should also mention a Hall of Famer's player's uh, perspective on the matter. Here's another player's perspective, which I thought was very, very interesting. Ryan Clark. Now, the person that he's talking to is one of the... uh, one of the hosts slash moderators on the TV show. She's going to mention how it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke. Uh, uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Here we go. Here's, uh, here's Ryan Clark and another person talking about whether it was a joke or not. Add some context here, what happened and what he's talking about. It was from a team meeting. And, and prior to the team meeting, Slay had complimented the wide receiver who had beat him a couple times in practice. So that's what Coach was referring to. And Coach was trying to be funny. I guess it didn't go off so much as a joke. Ryan, you know, not everyone in a locker room or with their coach is always going to get along, but as long as there's respect, you're going to be okay. But what are situations like this like for locker rooms? Man, 
Susie, I don't know. Like, you saying that was meant to be funny. That junk ain't funny. Like, we don't play like that. I don't play like that. She's like, as soon as she says, as soon as he calls her out on it, she's like, mm -mm, that's not a joke. Even though five seconds I said, I guess it was a joke. I guess it wasn't funny. All right. All right. Like, you come at me like that. Like, we have a legit personal issue. And that's what Darius Slay is mentioning. Like, as a man, I can't respect you because you've already shown me you don't respect me. That's not a joke. Right. Like we don't kiki ha ha like that. Right. You got to see me for something like that. And I don't know when it got to this point that every time a coach says something that's out of pocket or disrespectful, we got to try to find a way to defend them. The greatest coach I ever played for was Dick LeBeau and Dick LeBeau would spend time every OTAs thanking us for allowing him to coach us. This is a Hall of Famer. This is a man that spent his Hall of Fame speech talking about the players that he was coaching at the time or he had coached. And he never yelled. He never cursed us. He never disrespected us. And another thing I can say about Darius Slay's story is I heard it before today and not from him, from another player. So it's not a lie. It's not one of those things I'm leaving and I'm going to say this. And he put his face on it. He put his name to it. This wasn't somebody else coming on and saying it. And this has been two former Patriot coaches speaking to players in this manner or or, or supposedly speaking to the players in this manner in Bill O'Brien's case. And it's not all right. You don't have to lead men this way. You don't have to force it. And when you don't have championships, when you're not the guy that was at the helm of six championships, you don't treat people in this manner. Because when you got a dude like Darius Slay with over 100 pass defense, with 19 interceptions, that stands across from the number one receiver of another team every time you ask him to, that doesn't ask for help, that dude deserves respect. And yes, this is a different time where players compliment each other, but that's not okay. I'm glad he said it. I'm glad he's out. I'm glad he got his money, and I can't wait to see him play in Philly. <clears throat> so this kind of is a weird situation for me because I love the Patriots as a football team. I love what they do. But it seems like there are certain players that they can get rid of and that they can kind of disrespect. You know, I don't I don't say that lightly, but it's like imagine if imagine if Gronk, right, left the Patriots. Right, even though Gronk was injury prone, even though he had a lot of issues, it's like, well, that's Tom Brady's best weapon. Imagine if they were like, eh, Edelman, you have issues, we're done with you. Imagine if they were like, back in 2017, when they wanted to get rid of Tom Brady, they were like, and we want to get rid of Tom Brady, get Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom goes to the 49ers, probably wins a Super Bowl with the 49ers. Patriots probably don't win a sixth with Garoppolo. My point is, certain players you can kind of be like, you can move off of, like you can move off of a LeGarrette Blunt, you can move off of a Malcolm Butler and win a Super Bowl, even though you probably could have beaten the Eagles if you had if you had put his ass on the football field instead of whoever you put on the football field. Eagles still would have not had a Super Bowl if you did that, but they did, they lost because of that. Certain players that you can respect, certain players that you can disrespect. In the in in the nicest of I don't and there's there's not a nice way of saying it. It's like saying, eh, fuck you. But in a nice way. It's like, nope. There, I, I guess a better way to phrase it is there's certain players that you can have and certain players that you can't have, right? You can you can move off of certain players, but the guy that you cannot move off of, the guys that you can't fucking move off of, 
And these three teams, Detroit, the Patriots, and also, check this out, the Texans have all moved off of key players. Detroit moved off of Darius Slay. The Patriots moved off of Tom Brady and linebacker uh, Kyle Van Noy and a bunch of other players. And also uh, the Houston Texans, they moved off of DeAndre Hopkins. All Patriot guys, right? Now, Bill, not Bill O'Brien, excuse me, but Bill Belichick is kind of in a better situation. He's one of the greatest football players of all time. Not football players, excuse me. I'm watching the Patriots, ironically enough, versus the Rams. That's pretty funny. That's pretty fucking ironic, actually. Talked about the Rams for a couple minutes. Patriots versus the Rams in the Super Bowl. But Bill Belichick was one of the, uh, not was, but is one of the best football head coaches of all time. In my opinion, he's the greatest football head coach of all time. And when you look at Bill Belichick, it's like, well, he can kind of get away with some of this stuff. But next year, we're going to find out real quick who relied on who. Tom Brady rely on Bill or Bill rely on Tom Brady. But with these two head coaches, Bill O'Brien and Matt Patricia, hearing some of the stuff that's coming out of them is, is it, it doesn't trouble me because, again, I think Bill O'Brien should have been fired, and I'm pretty sure Matt Patricia is going to fall, or not fall, but he's going to, uh, to be very, very close behind Bill O'Brien in the sense of he should, uh, he should probably be fired in the next couple of years, probably next year, after his team misses the playoffs for the third straight year in a row. These Patriot officials, these Patriot uh, guys, they're, they're undergoing similar issues. They're like, well, we can win football games without, you know, X star player, X important player on our football team. I'm like, yeah, you can, but you also need players to play the game. Bill Belichick, great quote, said, uh, you know, players win football games, coaches lose them. Like right now, some of the coaches are losing the the are not even the football games because they haven't even played some yet. But they will lose football games. I don't trust any of these guys. I don't trust O'Brien or Patricia. The only guy that I trust is Belichick, and that's with Tom Brady. Belichick did not win anything before as a head coach, of course, uh, without Tom Brady. Let's not get that twisted. Let's get that. Let's put that into proper context. He did not win a Super Bowl. He wasn't even close to winning a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. So when I look at some of these dudes and they're like, yeah, we could just win without certain players. I'm like, there's guys that you need. There's guys that you don't need. You don't necessarily need a LeGarrette Blount, a Deion Lewis, a, a Malcolm Butler to win football games, even though you probably could have won a Super Bowl if you had Malcolm Butler, Butler on that football field because he did win you a Super Bowl, by the way, picking off Russell Wilson when they should have ran it on the damn one-yard line, but that's neither here nor there. But you need great players. You need the players to win football games. And it looks like these three teams are moving off of players, and they're like, we'll just win off of coaching. Uh, did you see the AFC? Hey, 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 Houston, you see the AFC? You see your guys in your own division? You like Tennessee? You like what they're doing? How about you like what, what the Colts are doing? Because I really, really like what the Colts are doing. They're a quarterback away. Phillip Rivers is probably going to retire in the next couple of years, but they are a quarterback away from really taking over that division. They have the best offensive line in the division. Ironically enough, they probably also have the best defensive line in the division as well. They're a quarterback away, man, and they got weapons. They got Campbell. They got T.Y. Hilton. They got Marlon Mack, depending on how many yards is Marlon Mack. I always talk about Marlon. How many yards did he have? What are his numbers? What are his numbers? Yeah, he had 1,000 yards. He had, he's 4.4 yards per carry. Pretty good running back. Pretty good numbers overall. How many years 
He's been in the league for three years, and he has he has he has gone up in production every single year. He's good, not great. Point is, you got weapons if you're the Colts. And Texans, you're giving away your damn weapons. And you're like, well, we'll sign Randall Cobb and we'll overpay Randall Cobb because we, we got to find a way to have a wide receiving core for, the, for for Deshaun Watson. Well, imagine if Deshaun also had Randall Cobb and, and D-Hop and Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Like, who the hell is your number one wide receiver? Fuller? Fuller is going to be your number one. When Fuller was out for a huge portion of the season because of injuries, like Kenny Stills. I wish I might. Detroit, worst pa- one of the worst passing teams in the league, not because of Darius Slay, but because of that terrible scheme, that terrible defense. Trey Flowers, you overpaid for him. I can't believe I'm saying that. But actually, I can. Want to know why? Because he was a Patriot. Patriots are always better in New England than when they are in New England. Surprisingly enough, Matt Patricia is not coaching the players that he wanted to coach exceptionally well. And you know what's interesting? Martha Ford, she is the owner of the Detroit Lions. And Martha Ford, excuse me, let me say you, let me tell you her real name. Her not her real name. Her full, her, her full name, excuse me, Martha Firestone Ford. And yes, Firestone Ford, as in Firestone, is in the rubber company, the 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 tire company, and Ford is in F one fifty. It's in Ford. If you're from Texas, you've constantly heard this advertisement. Ford is the best in Texas. If you're if you have been in Texas at all in the summertime, you have heard that advertisement constantly be be spammed all over the airways of uh, of Texas. Cannot confirm or deny Ford is is the best in Texas. I I mean most trucks are pretty much the same. I'm not going to lie to you. But when it comes to Martha Ford, owner of the Detroit Lions, it's like I gotta ask, gotta ask. You know, you've given him everything you've he's wanted. You've now traded away one of your best football players on defense. You've now given him the guys that he's wanted on offense and on defense. You've given, you know, you've signed Patriot players, ex-Patriot players. I mean, when you think about it, they signed. Um, let me let me look up who they signed. Let me look it up because this is going to be really really interesting. Because when they fire Patricia, it's going to be a very, very interesting perspective on that head coach. Here we go. They got uh, Deron Har- Deron Harmon, Danny Shelton, and uh, and Trey Flowers and Amendola a year ago uh, to to the Detroit Lions. It's like, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see these guys play for their new head coach and see if they play better with a new head coach who's not a Patriot official. He's like, I want to get guys in the locker room. I'm turning my pages. I'm sorry if you can hear my pages. I want a guy in the locker room or guys in the locker room that understand my shitty, my shitty philosophy when it comes to the team. And I, I, you know, I, I chastise players in the locker room, even though I've never won a Super Bowl and done nothing for my, I, he has literally not enough. He has not won enough games to be 500 and he's talking shit already get your ass in gear Patricia nobody gives a damn what you did in New England like Shea Sharp and Ryan Clark said I don't give a damn you better win some damn football games 
sick and tired of football coaches, especially Patriot football coaches like Mangini and and O'Brien and freaking Matt Patricia, thinking that thinking that they got thinking that because they they you know they they were around Bill Belichick's presence that they understand football at such a high level that they can go on and win a Super Bowl anywhere else. I'm like no, you can't. You are riding Bill Belichick's coattails. That's how you won football games. You better sit down and shut up and respect the players that you're that you're coaching. You're giving away guys for peanuts and 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 freaking uh, a bag of chips. And then next year you're gonna be like, I I I just can't win football games. I don't know. I don't have any good players. Let's get more New England play, Patriot players. Like really? How about how about you win with the damn guys that you got? Ask Sean McVay, is it possible to win with guys that you got? Had a terrible head coach, not a head coach, excuse me, terrible guy in, in Jared Goff. He's like, let me let me go out and let me coach this guy up. Let me see what he's all about. Almost made Jared Goff an MVP. Now, Patricia needs to shut the hell up and win football games. You want to know something interesting? Here, here's here's my expectation for Detroit. This is going to be unreasonable because of how shitty Detroit has been. But this is the thing. This is this is going to prove whether or not he is going to be a a head coach that can be there in that team for a a certain amount of time. Right? What he needs to do to keep his job, in my opinion, is he not only needs to win enough football games to go to the the playoffs. I don't care if he goes and wins his division or not. I don't care if he's the one seed or the two seed. He's got to go to the playoffs. And do you want to know what he's got to do? He's got to win playoff games. Games as in plural. I want to know why the the expectations are so high? Because that's the that's the type of pedigree that he's coming from. He's a New England Patriot former head coach. Patriots have six Super Bowls. He was there, I think, for two. He went to four Super Bowls with the Patriots when he was the when he was the DC, I think, uh, for them against the Giants. Maybe not four, but three. It was I th- uh, no, well, I think it was three or four. I can't remember which one. I it's he's he's there for three. 2014, 2016, and um, I think one of the Giants Super Bowls as well. He was there. I'm like, the pedigree is multiple playoff wins. Just because if you're supposed to be this great New England Patriot official, this great New England Patriot uh, head coach, you should be able to win multiple playoff games this season. You better do it. And he won't do it because he stinks as a head coach. 24, isn't that unreasonable? They've only won nine games in two seasons. Well, guess what? That's the expectation. Because Martha Ford is like, I'm almost 100 years old. She is 94 years old. You want to know what she said? She's like, I'm taking over the organization. I'm now the GM. I got to win football games. Because I'm, 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 I'm almost, I'm 94. I want to see the team win a damn Super Bowl. We haven't, I don't think Detroit has been in a Super Bowl in like 50 fucking years. She's like, we got to fucking win some fucking football games. Let me look up the Detroit Lions. We gotta go out. We gotta win football games. We gotta go. We gotta do something. I don't think they have a Super Bowl victory. Am I tripping on that? No, they don't. No, don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Oh my God! Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
you cannot be serious with me. You cannot be. They, they got to be fucking with me, man. Holy shit. They've got to be fucking with me. Some of these dudes, man. Some of these fucking teams, man. Oh, my God. I can't. I... <sighs> Is this the oh, don't do it, please don't do it song? I think it is. I might be too strong out on compliments. Overdosed on confidence. Started not to give a fuck and stop fearing the consequence. Drinking every night because we drink to my accomplishments. I'm going to play that in the background. Is it? Is it seriously, oh, don't do it, please don't do it? I don't know. They fucking don't have a Super Bowl, right? Maybe I'm tripping on that. Yeah, they don't have a fucking Super Bowl. So, hold on, pause the music. In fact, get rid of the music. Tried, I tried to play it off. I, I tried to play it off. It did not work. Anyways, they don't have a fucking Super Bowl. They do not have a Super Bowl. They have a national. They have a football championship. When was the last one? Holy fuck me sideways. 57. It has almost been 70 years since they have done jack shit. I feel like I'm getting lied to, man. Detroit fucking sucks. Holy shit. You know, everybody makes fun of the Cleveland Browns because of how terrible they've been for like, again, like 50 something years. But fuck, man. So like Detroit, for example, you guys have no fucking Super Bowls. I think the Cleveland Browns, they at least have one. Cleveland, hold on, let me move my keyboard because it's just slamming into my desk, oh my god, no, the the Browns don't have a, uh, don't have a fucking Super Bowl either, but at least they have some championships, at least the last time they won a championship was in 64, like fucking Cleveland Cleveland has a, has a has has a championship or, or or won a championship I don't I mean not not they won a championship hold on, hold on, hold on. how many championships does Cleveland have They have four NFL championships they have four AAFC championships so they have eight total league championships meanwhile you're sorry behind in Detroit's uh, you're sorry behind excuse me in Detroit only have four and that's the NFL championships. It's it's essentially before the AFL and the NFL merger. Man. Gotta win a fucking Super Bowl. How when was so when was the last time she was she saw a Super Bowl? I'm looking up Martha Ford right now. She was born in nineteen twenty five, by the way. Nineteen fucking twenty five. Jesus Christ. So she has been the uh, the fucking the GM, I think, since 2014. I think that's when her husband passed. Yep, in 2014, that's when she uh, got total control of the organization, because that's when her husband passed at 88. He had he had been the sole owner of the Lions since he bought out all other owners in 1963 for 4.5 million dollars. On March 10th, 2014, it was announced that controlling interest in the Lions would pass to her. She's the majority owner of the team with each of her four children holding small shares in 
the team. Listen, I I do not like the Detroit Lions as an organization. I do not like what they're doing right now. Um, I am surprised at how great of a fan base the Detroit Lions have, even though they have never seen a Super Bowl. It's like the fucking Minnesota Vikings, right? The Minnesota Vikings, they have such a, you know, they have such a cool fan base, such a cool, like, things that they do, you know, with their fan base. They have a great team right now, right? They're so, they're so awesome. They're great. They're fantastic. But you look at the Minnesota Vikings. Do you want to know something interesting about the Minnesota Vikings? They don't have a championship either. They only have one, and that was in 1969, and that was, again, pre-merger. I was the NFL championship. They don't have a Super Bowl. <sighs> I tell you something, man. Detroit. I feel bad for Detroit. I feel bad for the Houston Texans. Um, Patriots. I'm gonna I, I may feel bad for you uh when I talk about something in a couple of seconds. Hold on, let me charge my computer really, really quickly. Let me plug in my computer charger. Mm. Gotta charge it, gotta plug it in. It's at like 27%. My computer charger has been acting very, very funky uh, in the last couple of days, which would be very, very bad if it's broken, which I think it's starting to get to the point of it being broken. Oh, this isn't good. My computer is not recharging and it's on red. I had to fucking do this yesterday where I had to like, I may have to go to Best Buy tomorrow, technically today, because I can't do any work without my fucking computer. I mean, this is a live podcast. Do I cut stuff out? Uh, yes. No. Not really. I don't know. I may just have to fucking... I, I mean, I want to... Fu- I got a lot of shit to talk about. But it's like, if my computer will not fucking recharge... I got a lot of shit I gotta do on this computer, actually. It's like charging before the fucking podcast. What's going on? Oh my god, hold on. I gotta like go over to my because because it's one I'm I'm on a MacBook right so I gotta fucking unplug it from the actual charger right from the wire because it's a USB C wire then I gotta plug it back in and I gotta freaking plug it into my computer now right so I can freaking do this bang please charge now fuck it's not charging hold on let me go downstairs and see if I. If uh if we have a USB C, hold on, give me a couple minutes.
All right. Uh, we don't have a USB-C charger. Hold on. Uh, I'm going to have a short little intermission here because I got to fucking, I got to figure this bitch out. Because if I don't figure this bitch out, I'm going to have to stop podcasting because uh, my computer is almost out of battery. Hold on. Is it, uh, I'll, play, I'll play some music. It's going to be a short intermission. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. Either to stop the podcast or to continue the podcast. We'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, 24th Podcast. Awesome stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Got some great news. Uh, figured it out. Figured it out. Uh, it's working again. I had to like unplug it and move. It's it's a USB C charger, so it's like I had to flip the wire. I had to like you don't need to know what happened. Just just know, twenty four made magic happen. That's all you need to know. So before I was uh, distracted or not distracted, but needed to charge my computer. Where was I at? Oh yes, I was talking about how uh, you know uh, the the freaking Detroit Lions are like the freaking Cleveland Browns, and Minnesota sucks as well because Minnesota they freaking come up with all that shit to distract the fans from the fact that they have not won anything or haven't gone to a Super Bowl at all in franchise history, and they have been in the league for sixty years, and you haven't gone to a fucking Super Bowl in sixty fucking years. It's like, no wonder why there are teams with monopolies on the Super Bowls in the league. Because teams, they just don't go to the Super Bowls. Teams, they just, there's fifth, there's more Super Bowls than teams. There are 60-something team slots available for Super Bowls. Dallas has five of them because they've gone to and won five. I think they actually have eight. Let me look up the Dallas Cowboys real quick. Because everybody like, likes to give shit to the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody be, likes to be like, oh man, the Dallas Cowboys, they suck. They suck. By the way, got something online 
for uh for uh for Frick. Uh not online, but I got an NFL mock draft for the um no 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 no. Let me let me rephrase that. Where is it? I got a draft program or draft software where we're gonna do an actual mock draft. It's gonna be live. We're gonna have six rounds, maybe seven, depending on what I'm feeling like. We're actually gonna do a mock draft here. Right. Like it's gonna be fun. Don't worry. It's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Anyways. Uh where's my where's my cowboys? <clears throat> Excuse me. So Dallas has five league championships. The uh, the divisional champions they've won it 70, 71, 73, 76, 77, 78, 79, 81, 85, 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 98, 90, uh, not 90, 8, 2007, 2009, 14, 16, 18. A lot of playoff success for the Dallas Cowboys. <clears throat> it doesn't show how many Super Bowls they've been to. Or league championships they've been to, but I'm pretty sure they they were uh, they went with Meredith. I think they went to the Super Bowl a couple, maybe like once or twice. I, mean, I can't remember. And it wasn't the Super Bowl; it was a version of the Super Bowl in the '60s, and then in the '70s it was obviously Staubach uh, with uh, with. With freaking um, Tony Dorsett and Drew Pearson, and he kind of retained that until the '80s, and then he, you know, and then Danny White came in, and then obviously um, Aikman came in late '90s or not late '90s, late '80s, '89, and then the '90s dynasty, and then 2000 was just a travesty, and now Dak Prescott is the quarterback. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just skipped over Tony Romo. I'm like, Tony didn't do jack for us. I talked about Danny White more than I talked about Tony Romo. Anyways, when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, I can't tell, I can't see which which guys they have, which um not which guys they have, excuse me, but which like which which uh, which championships that they go to and lose. But they probably have like eight championships. Point is, some teams are extremely dysfunctional; other teams aren't. It is obnoxious to see how terrible the lines are, and it's also kind of obnoxious. Like it's it's. It's interesting to me that the owner of the the Lions took ownership of the Lions in 2014, and it's like, like I don't, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't want to be that jackass that's like, well, you know, what is she, what does she know about owning the the team and stuff like that, and what are her credentials? I question that. Like, I do the exact same thing with Jerry, for example. I do like I'm like, dude, like you should hire an actual GM. Don't be the GM. You're not very good at it. I'm like, what? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's her team, but it's like, just because it's your team doesn't necessarily mean that you get to do whatever you want with it because there's hundreds, if not thousands of people's jobs at stake. And on top of that, there's thousands of people that give you money for free, by the way, pretty much. All you have to do is just go out and send out players and let them do their job. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, they got, interestingly enough, sh- whoa, 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 should I talk about the Dallas Cowboys? Should I talk about the Dallas Cowboys? Hold on. I'll hold off on talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a little, a little bit of a tease. I'll hold off just for a couple of minutes. Um, My guy, 
my guy, my brother from another mother. No, he's not. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite football players from the XFL, he got signed on Monday to an NFL team. Yesterday, technically it was Sunday, I, I had a podcast, a bad one, where I was talking about how XFL players could sign with NFL teams on Monday. That is exactly what P.J. Walker did. He signed with the Carolina Panthers. He has a connection with Matt Rule, who coached him in Temple before moving on to, obviously, Baylor. Teddy Bridgewater has some serious competition. Um, P.J. Walker has been in the league for three years. He showed what he could do in the XFL. I think he's a better quarterback. I would take P.J. over Teddy right now. Teddy dinks and dunks. Uh, I think P.J., he's a lot more explosive. He fits the North Turner offense. I don't know if they've retained North and his son or North or North. I I don't know what his name is. It's North or North. He coached Troy Aikman back in the 90s. He's a great head coach. Not a head coach, but a great quarterback coach. And he knows what he's doing. I think he was the OC for the, uh, the Carolina Panthers last year. Point is, PJ, I feel like, fits that system better than a Bridgewater because he can unload the football and he can dink and dunk if you need him to. But really, it kind of just depends on what you need him to do. And dink and dunk, I mean, he can go through his progressions and dump it off to the running back or the guy in the flat if if you need him to. PJ is going to get a shot. He's going to get a shot. That's all I wanted for him, just to get a shot. And he will have a shot against Teddy Bridgewater, especially if they take him seriously. If they take PJ Walker seriously, they will start him one of these games. One of the games next year. He may not be a starter from day, a day one starter because they invested so much fucking money in a Bridgewater. But make no mistake about it. PJ Walker should start one of the games in the NFL next season. And when he does, I will be there to watch the Carolina Panthers play. Now, he has DJ Moore. He doesn't have his tight end anymore. The offense is a little bit shattered and a little bit scrambled. Especially because of, um, of, of, you know, of, of Greg Olson leaving. When, uh, when Luke Keekley retired, that was another big blow to the team. Like, they've lost some guys. But make no mistake, there's a lot of wide receivers in this year's draft. Always talk about it. A lot of dudes in this draft. You can get a guy early. You can get a guy late, depending on you know what Carolina wants to do. You can give P.J. Walker some weapons. You can give him a lot of weapons, as a matter of fact. I'm already talking like P.J. Walker's the, the, the quarterback of Carolina. That's how much I believe in this guy. And... I forgot who said it, but interestingly enough, Carolina, they're going to have some competition this year. They're going to be against Tampa with Tom Brady. They're going to be up against uh, the Saints, and uh, a lot of people love the Falcons. I don't give a damn. I like it for P.J. Give him some competition. Give him some competition. I think that's only going to motivate him more to be a great quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. But I could be wrong. He was in the XFL for a reason. Could be wrong. Or maybe he was in the XFL for the wrong reasons. Maybe he was a guy and people just didn't about. Maybe he was a, a quarterback for that team that could, not a quarterback for that team, but a guy that could quarterback a team and people just misevaluated him. Happens all the time. But I want to see exactly what PJ Walker can do and I think we'll get a chance going into the season later on. Now, when it comes to 
uh, other free agent guys as well. Emmanuel Sanders to the Saints, speaking of the Saints, uh, he will be a, a New Orleans Saints this season. Paired with Drew Brees and company. I think Jared Cook, obviously Mike Thomas. Goodness gracious, you want to talk about a powerhouse of a division, a division that is going to be must-watch TV. I will watch both of the Drew Brees versus Tom Brady games. They both got guys, Drew Brees, Mike Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, O.J. Howard. It's going to be a fantastic year for that division when it comes to watching those football games. Also, speaking of the Saints, um, it is something that has been reported on constantly. It was something that I was going to talk about a couple of days ago. Um, I think I did, Sean Payton. He has the coronavirus. I think I did. I, I can't I, I can't remember what I talk about. Hold on. But I'll talk about it anyways. Sean Payton, he contracted the coronavirus. Um, I he, he said, I think, on Sunday of last week, so not two days ago, but like all, a week ago, over a week ago, he uh, he felt like he had the symptoms. He he felt like he had the symptoms, and he got tested for it, and he kind of thought he had it. I think because he thought he I, I think he thought that he was around somebody with with the coronavirus, so he's like, I got to get tested. He quarantined himself off. Test results came back positive. So he had he has the coronavirus. And um, he seems to be doing good. He's fifty. He's in his fifties. He's healthy. He seems, you know, he seems to be active. He seems to be doing uh, very, very well when it comes to his uh, health. Whew, man, very, very scary stuff for the coronavirus. But it looks like Sean Payton is going to be okay. It looks like he's going to make a full recovery, and it looks like he's kind of over the hump. I think he is kind of nearing that two-week uh, span of time where the the virus kind of runs its course, so to speak. But luckily for him, he didn't have any respiratory issues, or maybe maybe he did, or maybe he didn't talk about it, I don't know, but he didn't have a fever. Uh, so far, he, he seems to be okay, so that's that's a great thing for Sean Payton. He's one of the best head coaches in the league, one of my favorite head coaches. I feel like I've talked about this, but I feel like, I don't think I can't say enough how great it is that he's going to make a, it looks like a fast and speedy recovery to get his ass back on the football field and start coaching football again for the New Orleans Saints. Can't wait to see him play up against uh, Tom Brady twice twice a year this year. Also, uh, speaking of Tom Brady, his former team, apparently the Patriots, they're thinking of probably going with Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer. Hoyer. Um, I hate that. I don't know how seriously Bill Belichick is considering that, but I feel like Tom Brady was like, I don't feel appreciated and stuff like that. And I feel like Bill Belichick, he may just go out there and prove like you don't like you don't feel appreciated, you don't feel welcomed. All right, okay, check this out. I'll get a scrub and we'll win more football games with without you. Bill Belichick, he does kind of have a little bit of an ego on him. But if they do that, man, they're not gonna do anything. Their wide receiving core fucking sucks. It's terrible. Like, you guys can do better than fucking, than whoever you have on that fucking team. And it's like, recognize the reason why they won six Super Bowls was because of Tom. I'm, I'm literally watching the, uh, the Rams versus the Patriots right now. Tom Brady's first Super Bowl. Bottom of the second quarter, 45 seconds left. Tom Brady sh- throws a back shoulder fade. His wide receiver couldn't make the read. Brady's pissed. He's like 20 years old. He's like my age. 
It's my water bottle. It's 20 years old. Winning his first fucking Super Bowl. Inside the Rams red zone. Hey, turn around. What are you doing? Look for it. He threw it. He threw it outside. You should have turned outside. Caught the fuck football. Anyways. Um, Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer. Potentially they're going to be the Patriots' new quarterbacks. You like that? I hate that. Apparently they are out on Andy Dalton. They don't want to trade for Andy Dalton. I kind of didn't really buy the Andy Dalton thing, but it was getting so much traction. I was like, are the Patriots going to get Andy Dalton? Are they seriously going to get him? Are they going to get like... Are they going to get somebody who actually can play football? I'm like, are they, like Andy Dalton is a terrible, but it's like it's it's the same thing with Brian Hoyer, and I feel like I'm getting okie doped or ropa doped, you know? I feel like they're playing me. I'm like, there's no way that they're thinking about getting that that there's no way that they're evaluating Stidham and Hoyer. You know what I'm going to say? Because I think Bill Belichick. I'm not going to underestimate Bill Belichick. I'm going to say Jay, uh, Bill Belichick. He either goes out and he gets Cam Newton when he's released from the Panthers because he will be released from the Panthers. The Panthers, they've been trying to shop him for weeks. Uh, they have not had any sooner, suitors. excuse me. And on top of that, I think that, uh, that uh, Cam Newton, he does not want to get traded. I think he wants to stay there, but they don't want him there. So he's like, all right, fine, fuck you. Well, I'll find another team to, uh, to go play for. But Bill Belichick, in my opinion, he could probably pick up Cam Newton when he gets released. And slash, or I also feel like he could also go after, check this guy out, a guy that is being horribly underrated, a guy that everybody is not uh, is not talking about enough, a guy that I think a lot of people are under-evaluating, and that is Jalen Hurts. Apparently, he was going to be a third-round draft pick before the fucking combine. I couldn't fucking believe that shit. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, you're you're evaluating him as a third rounder. Bitch, you must be tripping. Like he's at like I, I talked about it before. I think he's a first round draft pick. He's probably gonna fall to the second, potentially the third fucking round. I'm like, I uh, man. Man. I, I just don't fucking get it. I don't get it at all. Two different teams, two different systems. Two different head coaches, two different philosophies, still had success in both of those teams, on both of those teams. Everybody's going to say, well, Tua beat him out. Well, if everybody is evaluating Tua as one of the best quarterbacks in, uh, in the, the, that the draft has seen in the last couple of years, you're damn right he's supposed to get beaten out by one of the best. I'm not saying that, that Hurts is better than Tua, but I'm saying that he's not as bad as people think he is. I think he's first round. I think he's first round. If, let me put it to you like this. If I needed a quarterback, and if all the quarterbacks were taken that I wanted, like, um, Her, not Hurts, Herbert, um, Tua, Burrow, I would take I would take Hurts. It would be a toss-up, for, 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 in my opinion. Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love are similar prospects when it comes to the draft. Everybody keeps on over-evaluating Jordan Love. I'm like, no. Like, come on. Like, he has... One good year, apparently, and that was his that was his junior year. He had one bad sophomore, not sophomore, senior year, because everything around him had gone. But it's like, okay, fine. If you're gonna like, if you're gonna say to me, if you're gonna try and uh, uh, validate his junior year, you also have to kind of invalidate his or, or not invalidate his senior year, but talk about his senior year just a little bit. Like, you can't just be rose-colored tint glasses on everybody. You kind of have to look at people and be like, well, he had a bad senior year. That 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 is on his resume. Doesn't go away. It is on his fucking resume. 
Jalen Hurts, I like him. I like him a lot. Anyways, top of Jalen Hurts. I think I think the Patriots they could get Jalen Hurts. I think they could. I think they should. And I feel like Bill Belichick, he has been very, very low-key about this. I feel like he's kind of just trying to like kind of just trying to create some smoke here and there and make sure that people aren't on his scent. Because I'm pretty sure if people knew how much he wanted Jalen Hurts, depending on if he actually wants him, I feel like people would try and, you know, try and put it out there that they want Hurts now. Trying to make him use a first round draft pick or something like that on Hurts. Which I think he and by the way, I'm ironically enough, I'm talking about Bill. Bill is on my screen right now on my television. Bottom of the second quarter, 36 seconds left, coming off of a commercial break. They're zoomed in on him. They're inside the red zone at the Steelers or St. Louis's eight-yard line, excuse me. Tom Brady, under center, motions his man, bang. Deep drop back, throws, looks, fires, bang. Touchdown, New England. Beautiful throw to 86 Patton. Great job by Brady. Wide receiver got both feet down. That's a great fucking pass by Tom. He was in his, he was, this is his second year. Can't play that fucking off, man. He had so much leverage and so much room to just operate. Bang, two feet in, that's a touchdown. Cannot give a dude that much space. Cannot give him that much space. I don't know why they were playing so off. Anyways. Going back to the Patriots, uh, Jalen Hurts. I think he he could be the guy. I don't know if he he is the guy, but they should definitely be evaluating Jalen Hurts as the uh, the next Patriot quarterback of, of of the new decade of the new year. I guess. I don't know. I don't know if they will, but it's definitely not Jared Stenham or Brian Hoyer. It's got to be somebody else. It cannot be those two guys. Do not draft. Do not give. Do not try and BS me with that freaking, uh, not Jalen Hurts. Uh, that freaking Andy Dalton stuff either. Like, let's actually get real names, real quarterbacks, real people that are actually going to play the position. Please and thank you. By the way, speaking of real quarterbacks, everybody keeps on talking about Jameis Winston as if he is a starter. He threw thirty interceptions in a season. That is not a starter to me. He lost m- way more games for the Bucks than he won. The Bucks, they were giddy as a schoolgirl when they got Tom Brady because they're like, well, thank God we don't have to rely on Jameis Winston anymore. We can actually rely on somebody who can take care of the football. I don't, I don't get this whole notion that Jalen Hurts is a starting quarterback within the league. He is not. He's at best a great backup. With a, and by great backup, I mean a backup with a strong arm. Now, interestingly enough, we'll talk about Dallas. Dallas, in the last couple of days, have signed free safety HaHa Clinton Dix, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe as well. I think they signed him, or at least they were trying to sign him on Monday. So, fills out a lot of your needs that you have on defense. You really don't have a lot of needs on offense, maybe besides the center. But again, we talked about Connor McGovern, Joe Looney, obviously. Uh, who else? Who else on the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, 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 Connor Williams, maybe. Probably not, though. A lot of different options that you have for that team at those different positions at uh, at center and left and right guard. Depend maybe, maybe not right guard because Zach Martin play, plays uh, right guard. Excuse me, but you got a lot of different uh, guys that can play center. Maybe and, and by play center, I mean play center as in like uh, 
not be as elite as obviously Travis Frederick. Because I like even though he says I played well last season, he was still one of the best centers last season. But you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and try and figure out, you know, his level of play or whatever. Because he knows how well he played, and if he said he played well, he played well. So I thought he played elite. I thought he was one of the best centers in the league. But I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, so I'm probably very, very biased on that. Point being, Dallas ha- uh, Dallas addressed a lot of issues that they had on defense this offseason. I really, really like some of the guys that they got. They still have Antoine Woods. They still have Don Terry Poe. Uh, they have HaHa Clinton Dix. They have guys that they can get. I'll do a mock draft very, very soon. Like, in a couple of minutes. Maybe like three, four, five, ten minutes. But they got the guys. Now all they pretty much need to do is get a corner, but they also have Anthony Brown as probably your number one. You have Chidobe Awuje as your number two, and then you also have uh, Jordan Lewis as your number three or as your nickel guy. So you guys got, like, you got a secondary. It's not as good, obviously, as when you had Byron Jones, but it's like, it's it's serviceable. And on top of that, you've addressed the issues with your defensive line. I think... To be honest with you, if they keep Antoine Woods, I think they've upgraded. I think they've upgraded. They've gotten Jared McCoy. Depending on how good uh, Don Terry Poe is for the Cowboys, of course, they could probably have upgraded with him as well. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of we'll see, tease this, tease two things that I talked about. He's talking about writing down a person's name. You may know this person. Antonio Brown. Talk about him all the time. I think he is a interesting chess piece when it comes to the NFL. Because I think if a team takes a shot on him, and uh, if the league reinstates him, because again, I don't know if he's suspended or not. It has been highly implied that he will be suspended wherever he signs, which is why nobody is signing Antonio Brown. It's great to see, like, like the reason why nobody will sign Antonio Brown is that they don't know how long he's going to be suspended, and the reason why people, the NFL won't suspend him is because, like, he hasn't signed yet. So it's, it's just like the league fucking suspend him so that way people understand where exactly, like, what, what they're doing and what they need to do. This is ridiculous. Sign him, not sign him. Suspend him so that way we know how long he, he like, like, like you can suspend him for actions detrimental to the league, which I think is a BS reason to, to freaking uh, suspend a guy, but you can do it, right? Not saying that it's the right thing to do, but you can fucking do it if you want to be a piece of shit, you Roderick Dell, freaking suspending any player that he wants to because he can, because he's the freaking commissioner of the league. If you want to be a jackass, you can be a jackass. If you want to be, you know, if you want to do things and, and, and be, you know, and be about the league, you can do that. But what you can also do is you can also just evaluate the situation. Understand that I haven't followed the Antonio Brown thing for months, but uh, I, I haven't heard anything about the lawsuits. I haven't heard anything of anything judicially besides obviously some of the stuff that was going on with his baby mama. I haven't really heard anything on the front of Antonio Brown. If you sign him, you sign him. If a team signs him, they take a they take a shot, man. Because apparently the Bucks they aren't interested in Antonio Brown, and I can get that. You have Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, obviously Mike Evans as well. You got a lot of dudes on the football team. If you sign Antonio Brown, if you're one of these teams, check this out. This would be an interesting philosophy, interesting team to go to. 
Imagine if he signs with Baltimore. <whistles> right? Plays up against his former team twice a year. Goes with Lamar Jackson, great quarterback. Hollywood Brown, his cousin. Maybe his cousin kind of mellows him out. One, This is disgusting. What happens if he signs with Kansas City? Right? Like, you're starting to see the potential, right? Like, you're starting to see, like, oh, my God, like, the offense that he would go to is so would be so much better if he signed with X football team. Like, regardless of whether or not people, you know, people like him or not, like, he's, he, he's, he's a very, very important chess piece, man. Speaking of Baltimore, I was watching Lamar play against the Cardinals today. I mean, refer to my notes on this. My notes on Lamar. Also, let me talk about Randy Gregory here in a couple of minutes as well. So, uh, Lamar Jackson... Bottom of the third quarter, not bottom of the third quarter, but third quarter, team was up 9-17. to 17. Uh, Baltimore was winning that football game, obviously, by eight points. One possession game, Lamar needs to have an extended drive. Goes down the field for eight minutes in the third quarter. Think he kicks a field goal, but now the other team, obviously, they're down by now two scores, and that was the Arizona Cardinals. They end up losing that football game. It was kind of competitive. But then Baltimore, they started to pull away. Lamar was making some incredible throws during that football game. And I know that everybody's going to say, well, it was the Cardinals, it was the Cardinals, it was the Cardinals. It's like, well, it doesn't fucking matter if it was the Cardinals or not because he was going up against a great football team. He was going up against some guy, some great guys. And he was, he was doing exactly what he needed to do to put his team in a position to fucking win that football game. That's exactly what he did. And I was impressed with the throws that he was making. Some very, very very accurate footballs that he was throwing uh, against the Cardinals. And everybody wants to shit on Lamar. Everybody who everybody who was, who was didn't believe in Lamar, they're like, see, we told you he's not a good quarterback, even though he won the majority of the games in the AFC and, w- and was the number one ranked uh, team in the AFC. And he had a bye week, and he uh, was the MVP of the league. But yeah, he's just a bad quarterback. All that crap. But he will be a better quarterback next season. And I cannot wait to see Lamar Jackson play. Talked about it a little bit like the Antonio Brown thing where I was taking notes and writing some things down. Teased it just a little bit. C.D. Lamb. Interestingly enough, right? With the Colts trading down, not even trading down, but trading away their first round draft pick to get DeForest Buckner, Colts now have it. Not Colts, excuse me. 49ers now have their first-round draft pick. They have two first-round draft picks uh, this year. 49ers, they could either get Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. Mm, mm, mm. How interesting would that be? Because you obviously lost Emmanuel Sanders. You're going to need, you have Debo. You're going to need somebody else. What happens if you get a C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy or a Henry Ruggs who can actually catch up to overthrown footballs? I was seeing some tape on Henry Ruggs III. That dude 
Like seeing him actually in a football game comparatively to how fast other dudes can run, he is he's like a cheetah, man. He's he is very, very fast. But CD Lamb to the 49ers or some top tier talent at wideout to the 49ers. And oh man, oh man. 49ers could be back in it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh one of the final things I'll talk about, Randy Gregory to the Cowboys. Again, t- talking about the uh, the Dallas Cowboys and how they could potentially get some guys on that offensive line to help out. Not that offensive line, excuse me. That defensive line to help out. Kind of bolster it up a little bit more. Some people are saying, well, Randy Gregory, he's a little bit of a risk because he's been suspended a lot. But he's been suspended because he's he's had issues with mental health and he's used weed to cope with that. So I, I don't see a problem with that. Everybody has issues. I have issues with mental health. I cope in different ways. I write, I read, and I exercise, and you know, I do other stuff and stuff like that. I meditate. I do breathing exercises as well. But, wait, but what works for me may not necessarily work for, obviously, Randy Gregory, so he has his own coping mechanisms. You know, When it comes to the NFL, I don't necessarily know if, um, if those are good coping mechanisms or not because it can get you suspended but it's his life he's gonna live with it he's gonna live it um I do also think that Randy Gregory it seems like he's in a better better place mentally it's and by the way the CBA agreement the new CBA agreement allows players to not be suspended when they get tested for weed and I I don't know if it's a fine or not whatever but he won't be suspended now if he gets caught with weed so it, it it's great for him specifically, so that way he never has to worry about that. Again, he talked about it where he said, I'm coming back to the league, and this time it will be for good. Randy Gregory could be a great edge rusher for Dallas this season. I cannot wait for Randy Gregory to come back in uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I am on the draftnetwork.com. Uh, shout out to Jeff Kavanaugh for putting me on this website. He was using this website to, uh, to do his mock drafts. We're going to do seven rounds, so a full NFL draft. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to you know go through the entire draft and I'm going to talk about guys that I would want to get and guys that I'm going to, you know, that I, would, that I would get, I guess, for the Dallas Cowboys. Seven rounds, mock draft. Here we go. So teams are selecting. Obviously, Joe Burrow goes number one, then Chase Young, Jeff Akuda. Isaiah Simmons, Jedrick Wills, Tua Tagovailoa, Derek Brown, Tristan Wirfs. Holy fucking shit. Holy shit. They took my fucking guy. They took the, the Jacksonville Jaguars at fucking nine, took my safety, Xavier McKinney. I love that. The Falcons, they they reached for uh, Kayla Von Chasen. Kristen Fulton just got picked up as well. There is 1,000% a dude that I am missing here. Let me see who's up. Delpit. I still have Delpit. Jordan Love. Oh, Justin Herbert. He's still on the board. You know what? I could take Delpit. I'm not going to. What I'm going to do... This is a weird draft because Xavier McKinney would not have gone 
that high, number nine to to the freaking to the Jaguars. But he did. What I'm actually gonna do is I'm gonna trade down and out of the first round. I'm gonna take somebody's second and third round draft pick. Oh no, it's I can't trade because it's I'm not an uh, I'm not a premium person. Hmm. They took all. By the way, check this out. I was about to say, you know, what? let me take a wide receiver, right? They took C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs the third, right? Because I talked about it a little bit. I talked about how the 49ers uh, needed, or not needed, but were probably going to get a wide receiver at 13. They took Henry Ruggs. I'm like, fuck, man. They took all my guys. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get CJ Henderson at number 17. In a lot of cases, because they took, they literally took all of my guys. Like they took, they took freaking all of my wide receivers that I was going to take. They took my safety that I was going to take, Xavier McKinney. I could get Delpit. I'm not going to, but I will take uh, CJ Henderson. But in this situation, because everybody freaking took all my guys, I would have just traded out of the first round or I would have traded down uh, the first round. So I'm just going to get C.J. Henderson uh, as my cornerback. Justin Herbert goes number 18th overall to uh, the Dolphins. And yeah, like everybody is now drafting guys that you wouldn't have probably drafted because of just how the draft works, right? So uh, the freaking Eagles, they select a cornerback. Justin Jefferson goes to the to the Minnesota Vikings to help out with obviously the lack of um, of wide receivers that they have. And then we're kind of entering the second round here. Second round, because pretty much all of the positions are... Oh my God, I'm going to... You know who I'm going to take? If he's there, I'm going to take him. I think he will be there. I'm going to take... Should I do it? Let me find him. Let me make sure. No, he's not. I was going to take Trevon Diggs. But somebody apparently drafted him before me. Let me let me figure out who drafted Tre- and they also took AJ Terrell, so they definitely took Yeah, uh for the 49ers, they took him in the first round. Hmm. In the second round. I may need an edge rusher. Who's there at edge? Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. I'm like, do I really need... I got it. Let, hold on. I, Matabuki is still there. Justin Matabuki. He's still there at uh, in the second round. I'm going to get Gregory back. I'm kind of banking on the fact that Randy Gregory is going to be back. Uh, I, liked, I like Justin Matabuki more than I like Neville Gallimore. I would not shut up about Neville Gallimore. But I will take Justin Matabuki... In the second round, because I actually I, I like him a lot. I like I thought he wouldn't fall this far, but he did. So we'll take him. Also, check this out. Uh, Kyle Duggar, he's there. He's from Lenore Rye. Jeremy Chin, he's also there. If they're there in the third round, which I doubt, uh, I'll probably pick one. Probably uh, Duggar. Zach Bond, he just went. Kyle Duggar just went to Minnesota. Okay, 
Yep, Jeremy Chendus fell to the third round. He's not been drafted yet. We'll see. Michael Pittman Jr., he was going to be my fourth rounder if he was still there. He just got picked up by the Chargers. Chase Claypool. Some pretty important, some pretty good guys. Fuck's sake! The Raiders just took him! The Raiders just took him! Oh my god! They took, ah, I was, I, my, my gamble almost paid off. The Raiders took him 80th overall. I'm 82nd. <sighs> they took Jeremy Chin. I was going to pick uh, Jeremy Chin. Let me see if Antoine Winfield is still there. There's no way he's still there, right? No, he's not. Cam Akers, he's still there. He fell he fell really really far but I like I like my my running backs here. So who what are my picks right now? My picks are cornerback CJ Henderson and uh Justin Matabuki interior defensive lineman. So defensive picks overall should I go for another defensive pick? Uh I mean Jalen Hurts is there. I'm not looking for a quarterback in the 3rd round. I'm looking for somebody else. Hmm. What about Thaddeus Moss? Is he there? Yep, he's still there. Akeem Davis Gaither, linebacker. He's still there. Anthony Gordon. I may draft him later on as well. I like me some Anthony Gordon. Uh, hmm. Looking, I'm looking. A lot of guys that should have been drafted in the first round, or not the first round, but second round. They're still there. Hmm. Let me look at my wideouts here. How do I look at that? I don't know how you look at wide receivers and this thing. Duvernay is probably still there. Hmm. Well, this is tough. How much time do I have? Like five minutes? But I've been going like really, really quickly. You know what, what I'm going to do? Should I reach for Antonio Gandy-Golden in the third round? Probably not. I can probably get him in the fourth and maybe Duvernay in the fifth. That first round, man, that really threw me off. You know what I will do? No, I don't want to reach. I don't want to reach. Let me look up edge rushers. How do I do that? I can't look up certain players. I can't look up, like, the player position, which is weird. Excuse me. Yeah, I can't look up like freaking D tackle, not D tackle, excuse me. Player rankings. Oh, because I picked something else. You know what? I don't like this. Let's start it all over again. I think I did like projected player rankings. I'm going to I'm going to do that again. Like I didn't do what I needed to do. Hold on, hold on. 
Hold on, predictive board. I'll do player rankings. I feel like I'm cheating now, right? I'm like, I couldn't fucking, I literally could not see on my board, like on my draft picks or whatever, like where exactly certain players were. I couldn't like look at players by position. Yeah, this is way more realistic. No, this is not. They didn't, nobody selected Tua. Holy fucking shit. The Washington team selected CeeDee Lamb number two overall. Miami selected an offensive tackle. They actually may get Tua. They, they selected Dredrick, Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, uh, number five. Miami did. the char- I mean, you know, I may as well go with this. They selected Jedrick Wills, number five. The Miami Dolphins did. And the Chargers, they selected an offensive tackle. This is actually kind of realistic in some ways because Miami, they could get an offensive lineman first and then they could let Tua fall and probably get Justin Herbert uh, very, very early uh, or later on in the first round because they have two first-round draft picks. So this is kind of realistic. Akuda, go, not not the whole like like CeeDee Lamb to Washington because Detroit obviously picked up Chase Young. Like They're like, nope, we're just going to pick up Chase Young. Um, Derek Brown. Oh, I could have, I, I don't think Derek Brown got drafted in my first round. So I could have picked up Derek Brown, but you know, I mean, I had Matabuki in the second. In this case, I will obviously select McKinney. I think McKinney, like I, I have no idea why Jacksonville selected freaking uh, McKinney number nine overall, but they did. But I do like Xavier McKinney overall, uh, better than almost any other player at that position, and he should fall to Dallas at number 17. Yep, Tua got selected at number 18, a pick behind, obviously, Dallas, and um, they got him. They got the offensive. They pretty much did exactly what they did. Their bet paid off, and they got a really, really good guy in, obviously, uh, Tua Tagovailoa at number 18, and they also fixed their offensive line uh, issues as well. Yep, Matabuki, he went very, very... Yeah, this is kind of realistic because Matabuki, he went early in the second round. Denzel Mims as well. Trevon Diggs, he, he he got drafted in the first round in that last draft class. Uh, yeah, this is this is way more realistic because Trevon Diggs got drafted uh, a couple of picks before Dallas instead of being... <coughs> excuse me. Instead of being drafted in the first round, he got drafted in the second round. I don't... I don't agree with C.D. Lamb at number two, but I could. But I, I understand why he got drafted at number two because they need fucking bodies. They need fucking bodies in Washington. I don't know who their number one draft pick is, but he is there if they want him. I don't know why they would want him at number two. But uh, for my second round, because this is where I was uh, last last time around, I will draft A.J. Terrell out of Clemson. I really, really like him. And the thing is, right, with this mock draft, I know that this is obvi- this is obviously a mock draft. This is vi- this is simulated, obviously. But a lot of what's going on in this draft, like Matabuki being taken in the second round, Antoine Winfield being taken in the second round, obviously uh, Dallas drafting Xavier McKinney and also getting uh, A.J. Terrell or Trevon Diggs in the second round, if he falls to them, like that's a realistic situation. Now, obviously, like, I didn't get him this this time around because he wasn't there, but he could definitely fall to the Dallas Cowboys in the uh, in the second round. So, there you go. Look out for look out for him. So, third round, the round that I really, really struggled with, 
because there was nobody there for Dallas. Now, I wish I could look up specifically by position, by interior defensive lineman. I already found mine. Not yeah, I, yeah, I, I already found my guy. But this actually is probably a reach at eighty-two, so I'll kind of hold fast on him. Did they take Pittman? They took Duggar as well, but I already have a safety. If they didn't take Michael Pittman Jr., I'm taking him. They did not take Michael Pittman Jr. in the third round. He is ranked 117. I'm going to reach just a little bit. Going to reach just a little bit for Pittman Jr. Um, I don't want him to fall. I think he could probably fall and get picked uh, by somebody else, so I'm going to pick him right now. I really, really like Pittman Jr., and um, I'll show you. Oh yeah, they uh, they took my my they took Rashard Lawrence literally the next pick that I uh, after after me. That kind of sucks. That's fine. Uh, and uh, the team that picked him was the uh, the Denver Broncos. So they're gonna pair him up with Von Miller and uh, I forgot who else. They have Bradley Chubb. Yeah, they have Bradley Chubb. He got hurt this season as well. But I'm fine with that. I'm fine with who I had. I was going to select in the third round probably Antonio Gandy-Golden if he was there, but I I decided against that. Chase Claypool also fell. Hmm. What about Duvernay? Anthony Gordon, he was taken as well. I still need to address the edge, but I think that the edge is taken already. Duvernay is there. Probably Antonio Gandy-Golden is there. Yeah, he's there as well. In the fourth round. This is the fourth round I got. My picks so far are Xavier McKinney in the first, A.J. Terrell in the second, Michael Pittman Jr. in the third. I need an interior guy. I don't need an interior guy, but if, if a guy that I like is there, which I don't, he is there, then I will take him. Maybe linebacker. Oh, Logan Wilson, he's there. What about Dante Olsen? No, he's not there. Logan Wilson could potentially be my fifth or my sixth rounder. What about backup quarterbacks here in the fourth round? I mean, they already took Anthony Gordon. They probably already took Hertz. Yeah, they already took him. I could I could either go a slot guy. I could either go Chase Claypool because he has fallen. He he's probably a second or a third rounder. He's in the fourth round right now. And so is Duvernay as well. I wish I could see position so I could like understand. Um, oh, okay, I'm dumb. I could see the position. Okay, I just fucked it up. You have to like slide on. It's 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 not obvious how you do it. I'm I'm not very good with technology. I don't know if you can tell. All right. No, I don't like any of these guys here. That are available. They got Coatney. Out of Ole Miss. But none of these guys are really high for me. All of these guys kind of seem like a little bit of a reach here. Let me look at Edge. What do we got at edge here? Hmm. I don't like I don't like these guys either. 
All I'm going to do, what about quarterbacks? What do we got? Cole McDonald. Oh, my God. I'm not, not getting McDonald here. Yeah, but I'm also not going to probably get a quarterback in this draft, if I'm honest with you. Willie Gay Jr., Mississippi State. Logan Wilson, he's going to be there. I, I'm I'm going to take a shot on Logan Wilson in my fifth round. I think he could potentially be a uh, a special teams player, but I'm going to hold off on him in the fifth round. And you know who I'm going to get in the third round or fourth round? I'm going to double up at the same position. Holy fucking shit. There's a lot of fucking... I curse a lot, but I mean, there's, there's Claypool, there's Duvernay, there's Antonio Gandy-Golden, there's Jawan Jennings. There's a lot of guys. There's Gabriel Davis. There's a lot of guys that are... And KJ, I think I already said it, but KJ Hill. There's a lot of guys. Aaron Fuller, he's still there. You know who I'm going to get? Because I could get a slot guy. I could get either Aaron Fuller, who I think is going to be a really, really nice slot receiver. He's not very fast, but he has good hands. You know who I'm going to get? I will get probably Chase Claypool, wide receiver out of Notre Dame, at my 123rd pick. I really, really like that a lot. I like it a lot. I like. I'm not going to lie to you. I like it a lot. And I'm gonna snag Duvernay if he's there in the uh, the sixth round. Or I do I have two two fifth rounders? I think Dallas has two fifth round. Yeah, they have two fifth rounders, but this is the fourth round. So Duvernay is still on the board. I think he's probably gonna go because they took Antonio Gandy Golden. They took a lot of guys, but uh, they're not picking him. Wow. They didn't pick him. I'm taking him. Duvernay and Duvernay is a great slot receiver. He's one of the best slot receivers in the in the draft. Now, the thing about this draft, I I'm, I need to make this perfectly clear. The thing about this draft is there may not necessarily be like a Calvin Johnson or a Julio Jones, an all time all uh, like a like a like one of like a all around great talent at wide receiver in this draft like CD Lamb some people say he he's a great talent like Jerry but they're not Jerry Judy of course as well Henry Ruggs he's a burner but they're not necessarily going to be like these like world beaters at wide receiver like you know they're going to enter the league and they're going to be you know top 5 at their position for example but there's a lot of guys that could start for a lot of these teams right now Devin DuVernay is probably one of Excuse me. Probably one of the best slot guys in the draft. Probably one of the best guys in the draft uh, when it comes to uh, to playing the slot. He's from UT. He's fast. He's quick. He's like 200 pounds. He's 5'11". I think he's a really, really nice wide receiver uh, in the slot. Yeah, he's 5'11", 202. I know I'm gonna triple up pretty much on the exact same position, but I, I mean this is this is way too much value. And I feel like with AJ Terrell, with Xavier McKinney, you have you, you probably want some more DBs that you're gonna sign, and I'll try and find some more DBs as well. But you like I really, really like this offense that I'm putting together with some of these dudes uh for the Dallas Cowboys. 
And the reason why I drafted Chase Claypool, simply put, I felt like he was the best player on my draft board. Uh, Currently, Devin DuVernay is probably the best player right now, if I just go back to all, right? Yeah, he's the best best dude in the draft right now. And um, he fell to 164. Like, he's probably a third rounder, probably... Probably a second rounder if this wasn't such a loaded wide receiving draft. He fell to the fifth round. Like, I'm, I'm picking him. I still can probably get another uh, another guy at at cornerback. But let me look up. Let me find out. I don't think Logan Wilson is there. I think he's gone. All right. Yep, he's gone as well. There's the linebackers that are left exactly. Hmm. <coughs> Hmm. <laughs> it's not a lot of guys that you necessarily think. Uh, I don't know. Not not. I, I don't like any of these guys. I'm gonna go back to corner. Hmm. Stanford Samuel's the second. Hmm. A lot of these guys are reaches. What about what about running backs? Hmm. This is kind of the issue. May have, may have made. Uh, I don't. I don't think I made a mistake. I think I did exactly what I needed to do. I got two corners, or not two corners. I got a safety and a corner high, and I got three wide receivers, which a lot of them were probably. I may have reached for Pittman. But I like where I drafted Chase Claypool and Duvernay, but it's like there's not a lot of guys left now for me to get. Let's look at Edge. Hmm. What about tight end? Dalton Keene. He's there. I like Dalton Keene. I do not like him enough to draft him in the fifth round, though. What about where are my quarters again? My quarterbacks again? Again, nobody that I would want to draft this high. <laughs> and by high, I mean like in the fifth round. Hmm. In this situation, I may trade out of the sixth round, but but I think I found an interesting guy. This is definitely a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to draft the guy out of Clemson. He's a safety, but he would be a special teamer, essentially, and probably a backup for uh, for Ha-Ha Clinton-Dix and obviously for Xavier Woods. He would be a special team guy. But he would also be a safety. I don't think I need a linebacker to. I don't think I need to draft a linebacker because essentially he would he would be a um, a special team guy as well. You're not replace like Sean Lee is back. Jalen Smith is back. Uh, what's his face? Leighton Vanderess. He's back as well. So he would be a special teamer as well, and that's what I was thinking with Logan Wilson. I was like, he's if he if we draft him, he's going to be a special teamer. The reason why I'm going to draft a safety, and he's he's, he's going to be he's he's a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to take him. Tanner Muse, Clemson, the reason why I'm going to take him 
is that he would be a special teamer. He would be like one of the guys that's going to be making a tackle or whatever. I don't know what the phrase is. He'd be a special teamer. I like that. I like that pick for where I got him. Okay. Should I take another wide receiver? I feel like that's kind of... Jawan Jennings is still there. Aaron Fuller is still there as well. John Hightower is still there. Malcolm Perry is fucking there as well, man. He's there. He's going to be there when I pick him. Maybe not when I pick him, but he's going to be there if I pick him. Cody White out of Michigan State. He did not test very well, but he was... I liked I liked what he did at the Combine. Yeah, there's a lot of... Do- well, now teams are starting to pick up wide receivers. Aaron Parker, Jawan Jennings. I'm like, wait a second. Those are pretty good wide receivers. But I already have three... I really, really like where I drafted my guys. So I'm at 231 right now. I don't think I need... I need to find value at where I'm drafting right now. I don't think I need to find... And by value, I mean, like, it's... You're not You're not drafting... You're not drafting, like... You're not, you're not going to get a whole lot of stuff here. You're not going to get, a, like, a great football player here. Maybe not a starter. Maybe a backup here. You know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking Michael Divinity Jr. At 231. That may be a little bit of a reach. I look at interior. The reason why I'm not trying to draft an edge rusher is I think uh, I think what's his face, Randy Gregory will be there for Dallas. My best player currently. I may get another corner. Chris Williamson out of Minnesota. He's there. Utah State. Ty Ty Typa. Galley, he's there for Utah. He's another guy that's high. Hmm. JJ Taylor out of Arizona. <sighs> Don't want to draft a wide receiver. I already got three. I like where I got uh, my wide receivers. What about what about tight ends? What do I got for my tight ends? Not gonna draft a tight end. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Hmm. Benito Jones, three hundred and twenty pounds. He's there. Two forty-seven. I'm drafting. Uh, his his rank is two forty seven. I'm drafting two thirty one. Why not? Why not take a shot in the seventh round? Yes, please. I really really like that. All right, kind of sweaty. I didn't get all the guys that I wanted. I probably. 
may have reached a little bit for Pittman in the third round, but would I take three wide receivers in the draft? 1,000%. The only reason why I took three wide receivers in the draft was um, I took Chase Claypool in the fourth round, which I was like, yes, that is exactly what I want. Chase Claypool at that at that exact uh, spot was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. Um, I was like, all right, I'll just I'll just pick him up. He's a great wide receiver. You could use him as a tight end. So there you go. If you're like, well, I don't necessarily know if I want a tight. I don't like. I don't. I don't necessarily know if we don't have a tight end or if we need a tight end. You can use use uh, Chase Claypool as a tight end. And um, the reason why I like that draft a lot is Dak is a distributor of the football, so he would be great with um, with a variety of different wide receivers, not just obviously Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, but Michael Pittman Jr., Chase Claypool, and obviously Devin Duvernay. So I really really like that draft. It's not you know it's not everything. It's not exactly what I wanted, but I liked it so far. Do I think that that is possible that Dallas could draft three wide receivers in the draft? Yes, but I also think that um, that what they'll probably do if he's there is they'll probably get McKinney. I would be surprised if they if they don't get McKinney. The only reason why they wouldn't get Xavier McKinney at seventeenth is if Derek Brown, the guy out of Auburn, was was there at seventeenth. And if Javon Kinlaw was there, everybody loves Kinlaw and stuff like that. But it's like, all right, you know, uh, he's there. But maybe he's there. Maybe he's not there. The 49ers, they drafted Javon Kinlaw because Ruggs and Judy were taken. Now, uh, interestingly enough, I don't think that the Jets and the Raiders will take wide receivers. I think they'll try and find a, um, a, not a wide receiver, a offensive tackle of some type. I think that's where they'll go. I don't think they'll get a wide receiver. I think that'll leave the 49ers wide, wide, wide open for picking up Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs at number 13th overall. But that wide receiver draft class, like you're probably thinking 24, like that's ridiculous that you that you got a, a freaking, or not that you got a wide receiver, but that you got two wide receivers. I'm like, well, listen, I thought that, and I think that Dallas has had a lot of the issues that they had uh, that they had going into this season, or not going into the season, but going into this week, kind of addressed. They got two defensive tackles. Uh, I think they upgraded at both positions. They also still have Antoine Woods. So if they, you know, if if they need to, they can still have Antoine Woods. They'll probably re-sign him. We'll see. But they need corners and they need a safety because you're probably moving off of HaHa Clinton Dix. Uh, net by the end of next year because he's only signed to a one-year deal. So that's why I have Xavier McKinney. Both of them, I think, I think Xavier and what's his face, Xavier and um, and Xavier Woods, not Xavier McKinney, not yeah, not McKinney, but Xavier Woods. He plays strong safety, and Haha Clinton Dix plays strong safety. Neither one of them, I think, plays free safety. So that's kind of an issue. Uh, Xavier McKinney, he can play everything. He can play free safety. He can play uh, outside linebacker. Maybe not consistently throughout a game, but he can he can kind of sub in there and play a couple snaps. He can also rush and blitz the passer. He's a very very smart football player for a safety. And um, like I I would pay I would always I would always have Xavier Xavier McKinney excuse me at number seventeenth for the Dallas Cowboys. And then I got A.J. Terrell in the second round. 
Michael Pittman Jr. I was actually going to either draft, um, I think I was going to get Kyle Duggar. I really, really wanted Duggar, but he was not there as well. He would probably be either a, um, a, 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 a sa- not a safety, a special teams guy, or a, he, he, he would, be, he would suit up. He would be a, sa- uh, not a safety, a special teams guy. He would be a safety, obviously, but it wouldn't necessarily be that he would start at safety. So because he got, because he got drafted, I was like, I'll take Michael Pittman Jr. You could also have probably gotten Jawan uh, Jennings as well, because <clears throat> I was actually going to draft a fourth round quarterback kind of like Dak, essentially, Dak was taken in the fourth round, I was like, okay, I, I like where the draft is going, but because they took Anthony Gordon, the Raiders did two picks before me, I was like, well, going to go with my board, Chase Claypool fell hard to the fourth round, that guy, probably a second, third round draft pick, he fell, and he fell dramatically to the fourth round, you could use him as a wide receiver. You could use him as a tight end. Let me look up his numbers for you just so you understand how great of a prospect he is. Let me look up Chase Claypool. <clears throat> Let me also go to him on my him on my uh my freaking my evaluation, not my evaluation, I had him, I had him in my freaking, my notes that I had during the combine, where is he, Chase Claypool, what was his 40 that he ran, so he ran a fast 40, did I seriously not write down Chase Claypool? I think I did. Apparently, I did not. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I think I wrote down Chase Claypool. No, I did not. But at that spot in the fourth round, I would have selected him. Let me, Frick's sake, let me pull up his uh, his his forty. He ran. He ran a four four two forty. He is six foot four, two hundred and thirty eight pounds. He's a really, really, really big dude. He had 66 receptions, 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, 15.7 yards per catch. Pretty good numbers. Being sarcastic, those were fantastic numbers. Where is my... I have a lot of tabs on my computer, so I'm trying to like find my freaking tabs again. Then I got to freaking close some other tabs. Like I have a tab open about PJ Walker. I'm like, don't need that anymore. Uh, okay, here we go. Here's where the mock draft. Chase Claypool in the fifth, in the fourth round, excuse me. Really, really liked uh, that selection. Uh, good value. Again, I probably would have drafted a quarterback there as a backup, but you, a lot of people either like Cooper Rush, or they like whatever, but it's like Anthony Gordon was there, I really, really like Anthony Gordon, if nobody wanted him, I would take him, um, but he was there, if, if he was there for me at number 123 in the fourth round, I would have picked him, but he was not there, so I picked Chase Claypool instead, which is why I ended up with three wide receivers instead of, uh, two, because he would not have been there in the fifth round. Speaking of dudes that should not have been there in the fifth round, Devin Duvernay was there for the Dallas Cowboys in the fifth round. So I was like, hmm. 
We need a slot receiver. Do you like Cedric Wilson? Do you like uh, whoever else we have in the slot for Dallas? Because I don't. I'm like, I will take Devin DuVernay. Thank you very much. Fifth round. When you look at all the other guys there, there was Lamar Jackson, Antoine Books Jr. No way. Okay. I was like, thought that was Antoine Winfield Jr. Like, there's no way he was there, right? Nope. That was not the right guy. Long story short, a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys that I drafted, including obviously Devin Duvernay in the fifth round, I really really liked. Sixth round, I drafted I think Tanner Muse. No, I didn't. I didn't have a sixth round draft pick. Sixth round, I drafted Benito Jones. Oh, yeah, where did Tanner Muse go? Probably went in the third, no fourth round. No, I think he went in the fifth round, right? There's no way he went in the in the fourth or the fifth round. Or not the fourth or the fifth, but the sixth or the seventh, because I would have picked him up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In the fifth round, I, I did draft him. I drafted, I had two fifth round draft picks. Uh, final pick of the fifth round, I drafted Tanner Muse. I think that's pretty good. Again, he is going to be a special teamer, not necessarily a safety. Even though, let's say Xavier Woods isn't necessarily, isn't necessarily, excuse me, the player that you want, you can then have a Tanner Muse. There you go. That's my draft. Um, will that happen? I think some of that will happen. I think that Dallas will probably get a Michael Pittman Jr. Or the, I, I would be, re- I would be surprised if. They don't get some form of a corner in the second round. I would be surprised if they don't get McKinney in the first round. And the reason why they wouldn't get McKinney is if McKinney wasn't there or somebody else who was better than McKinney was. And um, usually usually people don't fuck up their drafts when it comes to making layups. Like Derek Brown, where, did he, where was he drafted? He was drafted ninth to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's what Jacksonville should have done. Uh, instead of drafting freaking McKinney at nine, and I and if I had looked at my draft, I probably would have seen that McKinney probably was there. I think he may have been there. But then Matabuki, he fell to me in the second round in my first draft, and I was like, I'll just take him. And then I struggled with a third round, and then I was like, I'm done. I'm starting over. But yeah, he, he got selected very, very early in the second round. I'll probably do one of these once a week or once every couple of days or something like that, just for interesting perspective. I may be like a Patriot. Uh, Ooh, I should do the Patriots, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But ladies and gentlemen, that has been the podcast. I am back once again for the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Fucking hell, turn that down. There we go. Hold on. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Baker, Overcast, Breaker, excuse me, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Pretty much where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. Um, I'll probably back. I'll probably be back in one or two days. Just know that it's a very, very slow news cycle. I'll, there, that's no excuse, but there's not a lot of stuff to talk about. But I will find a way to talk about other stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, until my next podcast, I hope you have a fantastic day, and I will see you next time. <laughs>